Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about the Almighty is finally here. It's actually in the skybox in the tower. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you could probably catch me live right now at SayNoToRage.com. That will bring you to my Twitch channel. Monday through Friday, I am usually live when these hit the feeds. If you want to come in and be a part of these, If you want to listen to the entire podcast episodes just as an audio format, look for SNTR Presents on all podcast platforms. Thank you, YouTube, for all the support, the likes, the shares, the subscribes. Keep doing that. We're inching closer to 50K subscribers. So I'm going to walk through what happened. There were a couple of things that happened on Reset May the 26th with the tower and with music and all this other stuff. I want to talk about that because I thought it was pretty cool, but I also want to talk about what do we think this means. This does this does sort of feel like a different trend with Bungie, with things they're doing in the game, with being willing to change things and give this world an evolving feel. But then I want to end by saying this season though, like it landed in this season and this season just has not been a good one. This has probably been the weakest season that they've ever done. I think a lot of people are even placing it below the drifter. And I know folks think that I I defend Bungie no matter what, and I defend the game no matter what. Virtually all of my content this season has been pretty negative, whether it's been Guardian Games, the Tower events, uh, the grind for the weapons, the trials, the anti-cheat, the change of the Seraph Tower events, the Felwinter's Lie quest. Like, I've had to be pretty consistently negative and critical of this season, and it's a bummer to have some cool story elements and cool things happening in the game during a very, very uh, disappointing uh, season. So, I want to start by talking about what happened. About an hour before reset on May the 26th, the music changed in the tower. If you want to feel or hear that, you can go to the tower right now, and when you first land, it's kind of spooky. It even sounds a little bit almost like the Cabal, uh, and it's got a very ominous feel to it. Uh, I tweeted out the video. The video ended up in a bunch of articles, and it kind of went viral, and everyone was like, oh my gosh, there's a music change in the tower. This happened an hour leading up to reset, which led everybody to think, oh my gosh, something's going to happen at reset. People thought it was going to be a cutscene. People thought there was going to be a, you know, that was going to crash. And then reset happened and it seemed like literally nothing was going on. It didn't seem to be any change. There was no quest. There was no dialogue. There was no change at all. Now, when you come to the tower, you can't really control what time of day it is in the tower. Like right now, if you're watching the video version of this, the moon is out. It's sort of to the right side of the traveler. As the moon travels over there uh, and sets, then the sun will rise behind me, uh, behind the mountains. And as that happened, we started seeing pictures emerge. Paul Tassi has been wanting uh, a, a skybox change. You know, the Almighty's getting closer. We need a skybox change to let us know how close it is. And now you can actually see the Almighty in the skybox. It's kind of hard to see. If you're on PC, it helps to turn down the brightness and lower your FOV. It kind of zooms in. You kind of have to like look at the sun and kind of put it in the corner of your screen. That helps a little bit as well. And then that 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 helps you with the putting it, you know, putting in the... It's, it's like a slash through the sun. So it's kind of hard to see because the sun's very, very bright. It's kind of hard to see, and it's it's basically just the outline and like the the outline silhouette of the Almighty. Now, obviously, this is creating a lot of buzz about: Is it going to get closer? Is it going to hit? Are we actually going to destroy it? There was some leaked stuff of like the tower looked like it'd been damaged or whatever, um, and so a lot of folks are speculating like, what does this mean? What's going to happen with this? Let's move to the middle part of the video. What does this mean? 
I would actually consider this being something they're going to update in a similar way that they did the Empyrean Restoration and Guardian games. Bungie seems to like to update things in the tower to give people like this sense of progress and the sense of something happening. Well, Guardian Games was a sore spot every time he came to the tower because the thing that they didn't want to have happen happened. Titans ran away with it. And then building of the, you know, the um, the lighthouse with Empyrean Restoration, that was actually pretty cool the way that worked. And then the, the you know, the Fellwinter's Lie quest was like a percentage on a, on a quest that moved incredibly slow and they had to like adjust the way that the quest went. So I'm actually hoping that that's exactly what's going to go on, that they're going to, they're going to go in and they're going to have like an actual our like every day at reset you're going to see the the skybox change with respect to the almighty getting closer we thought maybe it was going to happen every hour we've been checking it every hour and it actually is not getting closer also the tower is the only place where this takes place and changes which gives a little bit more credence to the fact that it might actually be getting updated uh, every day at reset because they have done stuff in the tower when they do those daily or hourly updates you can't see uh, this on the EDZ or any of the other planets I, I guess somebody would say it's because it's not heading there maybe that's why you don't see it um, it's it's heading to the earth though so I mean it, we're on earth when we're in the tower you'd think they would at least update it on the EDZ but maybe that's not as easy so the fact that it's limited to the tower I think does in fact you know point to the fact that it might actually you know, be updating there every day. We'll, we'll find out today at reset. So when this hits YouTube and the iTunes and stuff, we'll know whether or not it has moved. We'll probably get in big debates about whether or not it looks bigger or not. Cause people like to do that. They're like, it's bigger. No, it's not. It's bigger. We'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll have a lively debate about that. With respect to story this season, I feel like that's one of the few things they have gotten right. Uh, the Rasputin lore, the, the the Fellwinter stuff where they, you know, they explained all that. There was all that dialogue. Then there was the lore on the gun going way down in that bunker, seeing the original Rasputin. I actually thought all of that stuff was dope. I thought they did a really, really good job with that. And I really enjoyed those story beats. The lights updating, the ships getting closer, the, you know, the little bits of story that we got every time we opened up a bunker, I actually thought was well done. And I know people are going to say, oh, but it wasn't that substantive or it wasn't that much. Keep in mind, they did say during seasons we were going to get light story and light story injections. What we got, I felt like was pretty cool. The world's evolving, the towers are all over the planets, and there's more of them now. And now we have a skybox change, and now we have the the Almighty and the skybox. So it's cool to see Bungie being willing to try new things, experiment, you know, innovate, do something new. However, it's really unfortunate that they did stuff like this during a, just a complete downer of a season. So let's kind of end by talking about that. I'm really bummed for Bungie and the people that worked hard on those elements of this season to see the ambition and the creativity land in the weakest season. It's got to be a pretty bit of a big bummer for them too. I'm sure the people that were writing the lore and coming up with the cutscenes, they probably can't zoom out and see how good or bad a season is going to be. They were probably pretty excited, and then this season lands and gets nothing but criticism and complaint, and I believe almost all of that complaint and criticism is well-deserved. It hasn't been designed very well, and they made mistakes that they made before in the past. And so it's completely understandable why people's confidence and and irritation uh, are, are not in a good place right now. 
so I that's that's the that's the bummer for me because I've always liked Rasputin. I love the dialogue at the end of Warmind where he basically was like, "I don't answer to you guys anymore. I'm like the guardian of the universe, and I'm just gonna kind of do whatever the frick I want." I thought that was pretty cool. Now we find out that like he baited the Iron Lords with Siva and then ultimately killed them. Like, is that gonna is anything gonna happen? Does Saladin even care? We haven't got any dialogue around that. Is that gonna move those story elements forward, or are we just gonna kind of like ignore Rasputin because he's so strong i mean we helped make him really really strong this will likely lead to i think a pretty cool handoff of season to the summer because we know the summer season's a little bit more promising it's supposed to be like no other time in destiny and i think this is probably going to be one of the pieces that leads to that shift and change it's also a bummer to have really really cool lore and really cool things with rasputin tied to the lie quest which was just kind of a a disaster where they had to like trot back how long it took and then the door was glitched it was just it was just an absolute disaster and then you get to the end you're like well all this would have been really really cool if we didn't have to cut through all the nonsense just to get here Many are saying this is the worst season. This is a worse season than Drifter. I tend to agree with them. Some have even said it's worse than Curse of Osiris. Curse of Osiris didn't have random roles, so if Curse of Osiris would have had some of the quality foundations that we have in place now, I think Curse of Osiris would have also been better than this season. It hasn't really, really gone over well. And this season really proves something that cool story and events are not enough to make up for boring and bad content, which I know some people really, really want more story. They want more cutscenes. They want more of that narrative and that, that character, character driven stuff. But this season proves that if the content's not good, the loot grind's not good and people are unhappy, it really doesn't matter if you do cool story. So I do think overall Bungie has their priorities right, that they can't focus so much on the on the story they can't focus so much on the dialogue and the cutscenes they really need to focus on the core activities the grinds and the and the and the items and a lot of people say that i have too much hope and trust in 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 bungie because of this one bad season well i think when you when you stack up everything from forsaken to now I think Bungie's had more good content than bad content. They've had more successes than failures, and that's ultimately why I think in the big picture of Destiny, I think the game is moving in a good direction. This was a, this was a terrible inning, and I believe they can have a better one next. I believe they can start getting more people on base and hit more home runs. I just think this was a really, really bad inning where they struck out, got nobody on base, and were like, what in the, what in the frick happened? Even really, really good teams have bad innings, and I feel like that's what this ultimately was. And it's a bummer. The Almighty's in the sky. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. But it landed in in, in just a stinker of a season. So we're going to transition to Q&A. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about The Almighty is finally here. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you could probably catch me live right now at saynotorage.com. That will bring you right to my Twitch channel. If you're wanting to listen to these as full podcast episodes, you can look for SNTR Presents on any podcast platform. And if you're on YouTube, thank you for hitting the subscribe button, the like button, the bell button. We are continuing to inch toward 50k subscribers i appreciate all of you that have been with my channel uh for such a long time so we have a lot of questions today already okay there's a 78 question backlog and i made a little speech 
to the chat beforehand. There's more people here than ever before. We've been having a pretty uh, sharp growth pattern on the channel. There's 2,200 people watching the stream right now. So just be aware when you're watching this on YouTube or listening to the audio format, I'm not a perfect person. Sometimes I'm going to get snippy or short or glide over questions. I'm trying to be efficient. Uh, It doesn't mean that I'm being rude or condescending or talking down to my channel. I'm attempting to be efficient in a live live environment where we have tons of questions being submitted. Um, We have people every day coming in on alt accounts trying to disrupt Q&A. So sometimes... I just have to glide over questions. If that happens, I still want you here. I still want you submitting questions. Just maybe try to be either uh, more specific, less broad, or don't do the yes or no questions. It's just my attempt uh, to self-prune and sort of self-regulate the Q&A environment. So uh, don't don't take offense if I glide over your question or just say it's too broad and I can't give you a good answer. I want to give you good answers, and that means sometimes I have to skip a question because I don't have a good answer for it. That's honestly the goodness. The honest to goodness truth sometimes is I don't have a good answer, and that's more often than not why I skip. Uh, Pure 36. This season had a story that actually made sense. Do you think that this season had better content and less story that we wouldn't see this as the worst season? Well, I ended my video by ultimately concluding that good story and events are not good enough to make up for bad content. So the people that are like, I really want more story, I don't care about grind, I don't care about loot, um, it's totally fine to have that preference, but I think this season proves that you can have really cool things going on, cool cutscenes, cool dialogue. If the content's not in a good place, it kind of doesn't matter. And to a certain degree, it really undercuts the story, and it really almost invalidates it. It's like, if this stuff would have happened during Season of Dawn or Shadowkeep, it would have been a lot more exciting. But it lands here and we're kind of like, I, it's so hard to celebrate it. It's just been such a, just a downer of a season. Um, so if you're gonna, if you're ever, ever gonna bank on bandwidth being spent on something, Bungie needs to bank on content and loot not story and cutscenes. And I know it's a delicate balance. I know the game is continuing to evolve and push forward. And it's cool to see them being ambitious with the world changing and stuff changing in the tower and and continuing to tether one story to the next, season to season. I love that they're wanting to do that. But I believe this season proved they really need to put eggs in the basket of the content loop and the and the actual guns and armor and things we're chasing and and they don't need to focus so much on story now let me be clear here i'm not actually saying they put too much of a focus on story this season they certainly didn't it wasn't super substantive but i believe this season proves even if you have cool story and cool things happening that won't make up for bad content content and the content loop is the primary focus every time story is there to be complementary to it it can't carry a season it can't you know three months yeah you know, three months of of not good content your story beats aren't going to carry the game those three months uh furry lizard says with all the new changes coming to weapons and power levels how do you think bungie should or would address pinnacle weapons with sunsetting well they're still going to get sunset and pinnacle weapons i believe were likely the spark that that lit the flame because whenever whenever they set up the pinnacle weapon grind and the pinnacle weapon system it slowly became a problem it became a system where these guns are so amazing we can't make better weapons than them i believe internally that likely started the situation where they had an issue with power creep and that was the kind of the first instance that they had it um, 
Someone in chat says, is chat not working? Why is no one commenting? People are probably lurking. I mean, I can start a lurk spam if you want me to by asking this question for people to do that if you're worried that no one's talking enough. Generally, during this segment, people either submit questions or they just kind of lurk and listen. Uh, So, I think that they will, in fact, be sunsetting pinnacles and I believe that the pinnacles were likely the reason that this conversation even started internally at Bungie with respect to we're never going to be able to unseat really really good weapons there I hope that satisfies your need to see chat move (laughs) there are people here there you go thank you chat for obliging (laughs) it's always my favorite when people want to act like there aren't enough people talking and I call on the lurkers to uh, waterfall the chat Hockey Dan with the next question. Uh, This season saw two new pinnacle activities, either cap or disable artifact power level. What would Bungie need to do to remedy this for the future so it's not a problem? Sorry, soft topic. Well, I said you guys could ask off topic questions because you can't. How long are we going to talk about the Almighty? This is fine. This is actually a good question. I think that, and I think I've talked about this before, but I don't know if I've done like a video or anything. I believe that the power of the artifact should be capped. I don't think infinite power is a good is a good system anymore. I believe it causes more problems than it's worth. If you cap it at a bonus 10 that can be unlocked and grinded for every season, and then that's the end of the matter, I actually think that would be... A good, a good move. Uh, I think I'll probably do a video about that. Cap artifact power. I believe it should be capped. I don't believe it's enhancing the game. I don't believe it's helping the game. I believe at this point it's hurting the game and it's creating uh, inconsistency. It's creating inconsistency. Uh, so, Voidpill says chat briefly stopped updating when that person asked that question. Oh, was chat actually acting up? I thought they were kind of being trollish about like not enough people talking. Thank you for ordering some Rageless Roast. Yeah, if the chat was acting up, it may have been doing that thing where it's like it does like reconnecting the chat or something. Maybe that's what they were asking about. I thought they were being a troll. Um, so, at this point, infinite artifact power isn't enhancing the experience. It's not doing something to make the game better. It's causing problems. Uh, bull pause it. Thank you so much for two months of subs. So I would just cap it at 10. You can get a bonus 10 power every season. And then Bungie can then also rein in deltas in endgame content to know just how high somebody can go. Think about it like this. I actually think the system works even better now that I just thought of this part of it. You have the general power cap. So right now, the general power cap is 1,000. Then there's plus 10 from Pinnacle. Then there's plus 10 from the Artifact. It just sounds nice. It's just like, you're, there's your base. You can get an extra 10 from the Artifact, and you can get an extra 10 from Pinnacles. Done. Ship it. We don't need infinite power level. I don't even think we need 20, 20 levels either. I think the game just starts to become unwieldy when you let people get that much bonus power. You're going to have issues in Iron Banner, you're going to have issues in Trials. I think it's a lot more manageable if it's 10 from the Artifact and 10 from Pinnacle and there's your there's your spectrum of extra power if you want to go for it and then if you're going into power-enabled environments Trials gives enough XP regu- you know, and every time you're you know running the game and running the cards and stuff to really keep that bonus power going and then you're getting like the uh, you're, you're getting the also you're getting the pinnacle drops as well that just sounds like a nice middle lane you know easy to remember easy to keep it clear 
a bonus 10 from the artifact and a bonus 10 from pinnacle if you want to chase it so artifact levels disabled an iron banner so it wouldn't matter there no it's temporarily disabled an iron banner you might not know this you may have missed it there was a there was a blog or a post about this um no it was right before the first week of trials happened they disabled it for this entire season until they could figure out how to cap it in those environments so it's not going to stay disabled in Iron Banner. That's a temporary fix. It will eventually be enabled in Iron Banner, and it will be enabled uh, in Trials. So that's not a permanent thing. And I believe that the easiest way to do this would just be to say, you cap the artifact itself at 10, it doesn't go into these environments and create a bunch of nonsense. Would you rescale the artifact so that the plus 10 new system is the same XP as the plus 20 currently? No, because you don't want to make the casual players feel like they never make any progress. Plus 20 takes a long freaking time. I mean, right now, I'm only at a plus 18. I mean, I, I play quite a bit. I haven't really focused on it or done the bounty grind. I don't know, dude. That's really slow. I don't think you want it to be that slow. I just say a plus 10. Uh, sticky with the next question if Bungie sunsets items just to bring back old stuff from D1 how would you feel I really can't say this enough I don't care if an asset gets reused as long as it's fresh and new so if they were to bring back the Imago loop from Destiny 1 I don't care as long as it's new and has new stuff on it now if they brought back the Imago loop and they just like threw it in the general world pool and it had a lot of the more basic perks that might be like a why'd you even bring this back what was the point of that it'd be cool to have it come back and be like a nightfall specific drop maybe it's got some good aspirational best in class potential roles it's considered like an upper echelon weapon I would rather something like that come back to then be treated with more respect than like oh here's just another basic hand cannon I'm going to do a video, and I believe the title of the video is going to be What Sunsetting Will Not Do. And I think people need to remember that, like, Sunsetting is not going to make every gun that drops in the game amazing and mind-blowing. There will still be basic weapons and basic perks in this game. You will still get a weapon from a strike or a public event or whatever, wherever it drops, and it's going to be basic. Sunsetting is not this guarantee or this promise that every time you get a gun, its perks are going to be mind-blowing and standout. Sunsetting is being added to the game to create space at the upper echelons for essentially what pinnacle weapons were. If you look at the Wendigo, the Delirium, the Lunas and the Not Forgotten, if you look at the, the, the Recluse and the Revoker, that threshold can continue to exist and have more items put into it with Sunsetting. I think too many people look at sunsetting and think we're not going to get any guns reissued or reused with samey basic perks. They're all going to be amazing. They're all, they all better have brand new perks and brand new roles and they all better be standout. That is not the promise of sunsetting. Sunsetting is the promise of aspirational loot having its own hierarchy. So I, I'm literally going to do a video on that because I believe even within the realm of the debate and the discussion about sunsetting, it gets misrepresented at so many levels. I believe that's another level that's being misrepresented. And people are like, well, if they add weapons or they reissue weapons and they have basic roles on them, that I'm going to pitch a freaking fit. And it's like, they said if they're reissued, they'll have new perks. 
that isn't a promise they'll be standout or best in class but they did say if something's reissued it'll have new perks and also there will still be garden variety basic guns in the game that's going to continue to be a thing if they made every gun in the game stand out every gun in the game had new amazing really strong standout perks then they wouldn't be standout. It would just be all white noise. It would all be at the same threshold of amazing, and it would become very boring like it is now. There there will be a hierarchy of loot, so aspirational content can have standout best-in-class weapons, because up to now, they really haven't. Uh, 41 months from Lunchbox Larry, thank you. Welcome back, dude. That's a long time. Cookie 19. As of now, the Almighty can be seen in front of the sun during the day. If and when it gets closer, would this remain true, or could that change be seen during all times? It it was attempting, it was near the sun, and now it's coming basically from the sun. So, if you imagine that my house is 85 stories tall, okay, and I'm walking to your house across a big open field, anytime you look at me, I would be in front of my house because, well, that doesn't even work because it's because of the rotation. Because we're rotating around the sun, the trajectory of it isn't going to change. I mean, I guess it would in a real world. Like, as we we go to the side of the sun, we would see that the Almighty, like, maybe a little bit from the side. But in general, it would stay on that trajectory and that path from the sun to the earth, point A to point B. We're revolving around the sun, and then it's just coming to us. So anytime we see it, it's like, oh, it's headed right here. Like I, I don't, I don't know how, any, I don't know how else to say it. Like that's how, that's how it would be. So, and again, it's a freaking video game. So it, I don't think it's gonna move. I think they're gonna continue to have it like literally flying from the sun. Forcado. After a few weeks where the only story was the pyramids moving on the map, the Almighty showing up is a change of pace, and it spiked interest. Should we expect something bigger in scope next week, even though it's the last week of the season? I don't, well, we gotta be careful here. I would say we're gonna get a cutscene, and that's about it. We'll get cutscene and in-game changes. I do believe those textures that got data mined of, like, the, um you know, the tower having a, f- a little bits of damage and stuff on it. That's not like a major spoiler. It was like smoke burn and stuff. It wasn't like dead people. It was like literally like, oh wow, some stuff hit here. Um, that's probably going to happen. Like, the Almighty's going to get shot and pieces of the debris are going to hit the tower. There's going to be a cutscene. The tower will look different for our final week. I don't know if they're going to do anything with war mine bits for the final week. It'd be kind of dope if they could, but I don't think they will. Um, so I'll probably spend that final week just buying guns and bounties in case there are any, like, maybe potential god rolls with future changes that might be taking place or future archetype changes that might be taking place, you know, on the 180 and different stuff like that. So, I think it's just going to be a cutscene. My thing is, since it's the final week, I don't think there'll be something major. Well, no, I don't think there's going to be anything major like an activity to do. Absolutely not. No, they're not going to add something like that. I think there'll be a cutscene, and that'll probably be about it. And some in-game changes to the tower as appearance. Um, next question from uh, TWBWY. Do you think bringing back D1 utility perks, return to sender, third eye, focus fire, uh, and standardizing reload perks and primary damage would help perk diversity? Well, you're asking if they added perk diversity, would that help perk diversity? I mean, of course it would. If they added more perks, yes. 
I I have been arguing for since that video went up that I believe reload perks are boring. I believe perks that mess with in-game stats aren't that exciting. Um, I would rather have perks that do particular things, right? Elemental perks, dragonfly, maybe warmind cells, something like that. Maybe it would need to be a little bit more um, efficient. Like the warmind cells were the most efficient when you generated them with the arc damage mod on the armor. Uh, damage over time perks, suppression perks, blinding perks. I think these are the kind that could be iterated upon a little bit more. So instead of saying, what's the gun's perks and stats, it would be, what does the gun do? Oh, it does this particular thing. You know, these these perks do this particular thing. You know. That was a highly upvoted Reddit post yesterday trying to play it off like it was their own original thought. What was the post that got upvoted, Void Pill? What did they argue for? I've I've continued to say, oh, you think this question was from was from Reddit? Third Eye is not going back. It's too powerful for Bungie to balance. I don't even remember what Third Eye did. I don't even remember. Was that the one that the radar stayed up all the time? There was Hidden Hand, and that was just basically like increased target acquisition. I would much rather have guns doing things like Dragonfly and things of that nature would be, I think would be better. Instead of like, oh, this this gun gives you more like accurized rounds. I think accurized rounds is boring. You know what I mean? Those exact perks with buffing primaries. Well, I don't want to accuse this person of passing this off as an original thought. They don't need to say, I got this from Reddit. If they read that on Reddit, found it interesting, and want to see what I have to say, that's fine. We don't need to preface everything. They're not, like, trying to make money off the question. They just submitted a question that may what maybe was inspired by Reddit. Roger Workman. Oh, there's a Lost fan in the chat. Uh... I haven't played D2 in a couple years, and I hear a new release is coming out in four months. Should I wait for that release, or should I jump back in now? I would not... If you jump back in now, I wouldn't buy anything. I would just level, okay? And then in like a week and a half, in a week and a half when the uh, the summer season launches, I, you know, you could watch the marketing and make up your own mind there. I actually think the summer is probably going to be pretty dope. Um, I don't know if you're going to want to skip it, you know, if you're a fan of, uh, if you're a fan of, of Destiny. Accurized rounds on my Mindbenders is really boring in the Crucible, but I get what you mean. Right, right, right. It's not that it's not effective. It's that it's not interesting. Oh, what's it do? Oh, it gives me more range on my stat bar. Oh. Instead of, oh, what's it do? Oh, if I pull it out and I jump in midair and shoot it, the shot comes out... Um, with a larger spread with incendiary rounds. You know what I mean? You could call it like, I don't know, Hot Feet or something stupid. I, I, that's a terrible name. You get what I'm saying? Like, what's it do? Oh, it does this particular thing that if I use it in a particular way, like rain fire, there you go, or fire rain. I... I jump in the air with this shotgun and I shoot it and the first round is a larger spread that lights everything on fire. Well, that's not going to break Crucible and it's way more interesting than accurized rounds. What's it do? I get more range. What? Uh, Okay. I like hot feet. Shut up. (laughs) 
hot feet. Listen, I'm an idea guy. I'll give you good ideas. You come up with the names, I'll come up with the ideas. Something like that. I mean, I just came up with that off the top of my head. The idea being that, like, if you use this gun in a particular way, it does something cool, like one-two punch or trench barrel, as opposed to being like, oh, yay, a little bit more range stat. Here's the other thing you gotta consider. One of the reasons people clamor to reload perks is because it's clear that it's doing something, okay? It's difficult if you're not like a super in-tune adept player to be like, what does Accurize rounds do? Oh, it gives you more range. Okay, but the gun seems fine as it is. Like, why do I need that? Well, in these instances or these fights or blah, 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 you get an extra meter, blah, 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 tightens up, increases aim assist, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's more accessible to give somebody something like Dragonfly or Hot Feet or, you know... A really really fast reload because there's no question that you're getting something from the perk perks that aren't visible I think on a lot of people are just lost they're like I don't give a freak about that I don't even know what it does threat detector surrounded you know what so in the middle of battle I have to look at the kill feed to see if I'm getting surrounded and when I get surrounded I then have to look at the numbers to see like is it doing something for me is it creating efficiency and pfft. now I think perks like Surrounded should do something to the gun. I think the gun should glow a certain color. I think it would be cool if there were particular perks in this game that had a color when you looked at the perk, so you knew it was active when, like, the gun was glowing. Something on the gun was glowing. The ADS sight glows, there's an area glow around it, or, I don't know, maybe when the bullets come out, they they come out as a certain color. So then there's no question in your mind Oh wow, surrounded is really is really procking right now. My gun is grow is glowing green. I, I think people would be more prone to say, "Oh, I want more perks like this. I don't really care about reload. I want surrounded." Why? Dude, when I get surrounded, it glows green and and and, and I'm killing the enemies and and I'm hearing you could even have that little quang 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 sound like, you know, when you get like opening shot, you could even have a sound cl- cue. To know that, like, oh, dude, surrounded this soul, man, this thing is so strong. And you could probably not even buff it. You don't even have to buff it. You add a glow and you add a sound, and people would say, oh, dude, surrounded's awesome. <laughs> like, what? You know what I mean? That sounds prejudiced to us colorblind folk. Oh my gosh. What? Did you type that without a kappa? There's colorblind mode in the game. What do you mean prejudice? Look up the definition of prejudice before ever using it ever again. You're not allowed to use the word until you go look it up and write a paper about what the word means. That's your assignment. Oh, you're joking. Okay. I was like, gee, many Christmas galaxy. I will slap you with a dictionary. Fawkeye 21. Hi, Lono. Do you think that the Almighty will be the destination similar to the Dreadnought in this series and we'll be able to explore it? I do not think so, no. I believe it's going to be blown up to some degree. Is it going to crash land somewhere and we can go, like, check it out? I don't know. I, I have I have no idea. 
Warlock, since we can only see the Almighty now, do you think it's going to be stopped next season? No, no, no. I think next week it, we're going to shoot it down. I, I think every day this week it's getting closer. That's been my that's 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 my prediction. I made that prediction yesterday. Bungie has proven that they like to do little cool updates in the tower with uh, Empyrean Restoration and Guardian Games, and I believe this is another one of those. I think that's why you don't see it anywhere else but the tower. I believe it's a it is a it's an it's a changing element in the tower only. They didn't add it to the other skyboxes. And that's why I think it's going to move. Trojan Maverick. Do you think Weapons 2.0 is still in the cards for year 4 with sunsetting coming? Yes. Oh yes. Yep. I I, I genuinely think that a ton of people are going to eat crow in September. They're going to eat crow. I think Bungie is going to deliver a bunch of stuff and the perks are going to be celebrated and the guns are going to be dope. I think people are going to eat crow. I said this the other day and I'm going to continue saying it. The only time Bungie historically hits the loot pool really, really hard is when they have a bunch of stuff to fix it and fill it with. And they are hitting the loot pool very, very hard. And I believe it's because they know what they can fill it with. They don't create a giant crater unless they know what they can put inside that crater. And I believe that September is going to be significant. And I believe a bunch of people are going to eat crow. Now they won't. They won't. They're sandbagging their criticisms already. They're going to cross their arms mentally and say that they're still angry that their stuff got sunset or they still think a lot of these weapons are just repeats and reskins and reissues or whatever the frick. But I truly believe that there will be a significant sort of vindication in September of don't you see? Don't you see? They, they, they had a good plan all along. I, 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 be, I truly believe that's what's coming is a is a clear vindication of those that thought, no, this will be good. Bungie's going to Bungie's going to have a big, strong September. I think more significant than Forsaken and Shadowkeep. I really do. I think it will be more significant than Forsaken and Shadowkeep. It's not hard to be more significant than Shadowkeep. Shadowkeep was more of like a Rise of Iron uh, delivery. And Forsaken was too much quality of life improvement and not enough fine-tuning. The loot grind and the leveling and stuff in Forsaken, I feel like the, tar- the, the varnish really wore quickly on Forsaken. And most of what made Forsaken great was the quality of life improvements and like random rolls and getting rid of double primary. So... Papa Hunt... D1 player here who lost interest in D2. Do you have hope for the future of Destiny to regain some of its OG players and why? Everything I just said. Everything I just said. I think September will be Destiny 2's... I think it'll be the true Taken King moment for Destiny 2. I don't think Forsaken was our Taken King moment. I think we're going to have it in September. I ended my friend's debate yesterday when he said he didn't want to lose his not forgotten. And I said, well, you won't. You prefer, uh, I said, wouldn't you prefer pre-nerfed not forgotten? He's on our side now. Right? (laughs) Wouldn't you prefer it to not be nerfed and then just eventually get sunset? Wouldn't you prefer the weapon to be more respected? That's almost guaranteed to be a letdown. I don't hype myself up too much. I'm setting myself up for Bungie making Destiny casual money-making machine because they're independent and split between two franchises, one of which will take more and more resources over the years. Uh, I don't think we should be calling this bigger than the Taking King. I I disagree, and I don't think that they're dividing their resources. They're hiring for that new NetEase game, and we don't even know what size that game is. We don't even know if they're working on it yet. They're hiring for it. 
Pure 36. Uh, two activities next season has me very interested. Do you think puzzle-based activity that is reminiscent to all the puzzles would be cool? Would people like it? Would you? This is one of those like really broad like yes or no's. Like, what if they did this? Would you like it? Would it be cool? Would people like it? I don't know exactly what you're driving at. If it's a puzzle activity that we continue to engage with, I don't know, dude. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of activities like that in the game. Niobe Labs would be the only example of something you could continually do over and over again that had puzzles like laden within it or like a raid, but they're not very puzzly after the first or second t- time. Chevy was 17 months. September is what Activision wanted Destiny 3 to be and Bungie's implementing it into D2 changed my mind. No, I agree with you. My, my, I agree with you, Chevy. My Destiny 3 theories video from last week, I basically said that's why I think September is going to be so big. Because it was a, it was a, it's going to be what was being built for a new game is being baked into this one. Which will be, I, I think that's what makes September a win. That's why I think they're hitting the loophole so hard. I think the foundation of what was going to be D3 is now getting baked into D2. So. Um, as I said, historically speaking, Bungie does not hit the loot pool this hard unless they're filling it with something. Really track with me here. Let me really make a, a, an even stronger argument. Let me make an even stronger argument, Okay. In the realm of sunsetting, why is Bungie hitting the loot pool so hard immediately when they do sunsetting? It would have been very easy to say, year one is sunset. We're not going to come for the Shadow Keep era. We're not going to come for the year two era or the Forsaken era. We're going to wait a little while. Why are they hitting so much at once? They don't have to. They could have done this gradually, and they're not. You've really got to wonder, why would Bungie wound the weapon system so severely going into September? What's the impetus? There's something they're going to fill it with. They could have very easily said, we're going to do year one in September, then we're going to do year two in the winter, and we're not going to come for year three until until the spring they could have staggered it they very easily could have staggered it it would have made it less painful it would have been less ridiculed do you know what I'm saying think about that really track with me I don't want to read too deep into the tea leaves here but why would they hit the weapon system so hard in September the last time they did this was the Taken King you got to look beyond what's happening and see that they had the option to gradually sunset and they didn't. They're like, no, wham, and they're just nailing the loot pool. Look at that chart. Look at the viable chart. Use the viable command in chat. They are absolutely obliterating the end game loot pool. There's got to be a reason for that. The weapon system was hidden forsaken? No, it wasn't. They no it wasn't. They didn't do anything to the existing weapon system. Now the weapon system from D2 was was static and they didn't go and re- rejuvenate all those weapons, but they added random rolls. They got rid of double primary. They didn't do they didn't sunset anything. They said you can continue using your year 1 gear going into Forsaken and that's when I said that's going to be a problem. That's going to bloat the loot pool. They didn't do they didn't do anything to the loot pool in Forsaken. They didn't touch it. All raid weapons had one perk? No, they didn't update the perks, no. 
they just said you could continue using your raid your your year one weapons so midnight coup had rampage outlaw oh i see what you're saying it had one perk over here i think is what you meant yeah rampage outlaw yeah they said yep you'll be able to continue infusing these weapons and continue using them they effectively sunset old weapons by not allowing them to use year two mods oh come on that is just yeah i feel like you're reaching i don't think i don't think so I don't think you can argue that what they're doing this September is as significant as being like, we're not adding the mod slot to year one weapons. I don't think that they're even close. One's a freaking haymaker. The other, the other's like a light jab. It's like, yeah, you can't, it's a little light jab. Boom. Yeah. You can't add mods to the old guns, but you can keep using them. Oh, okay. Mods don't make that significant big of a difference anyway. They're minor. They're very, very minor impact on the game, right? This is a haymaker, dude. They are just absolutely coming from the right crosses. Blam! Nailing the loot. Look at what they're doing in it. Look at what they're doing in my video about the world loot pool. The world loot pool is literally getting stuff ripped out of it. They're taking guns out of Reckoning and Gambit. Why are they doing that? Uh, brand new sub from Drake. Thank you so much for using your Prime sub here. Enjoy the dope badge emotes and ad free viewing. 26 months from McNugget. Welcome back. It is a reach to try to say what they did in Forsaken is similar to what they're doing in this September. That is, they're not even in the same category. One is literally the opposite of what they did in Forsaken. In Forsaken, they said, you can keep infusing everything. And in this one, they're saying, no, there's an infusion cap. They're polar opposites. They're not even the same thing. Why would you use guns you can't add mods to? Ask everybody who continued to run Midnight Coup and Ikelos Shotgun. What are you talking about? People used year one weapons long into year two. What are you talking about? It was a light jab. It was a very light, yeah, we're not going to bring all those four with the new mod thing. Come on. Year one weapons were still all over the place. You are overstating what this was. And again, keep in mind, I'm not disagreeing with you in principle. I do think it pushed people toward the new weapons. They were like, oh, well, I can't use the new mods. I'm, I want to get the new mods. I do think you're right. In principle, that's what, was, that's what they were trying to do. I think that is nowhere near saying, yeah, three years worth of loot can't be infused anymore. That is a significant, that is a haymaker. That is an absolute just chin pop, bam. Just no, you th- three years, three years worth of loot. Yeah, no, you can't. Yeah, you can't use it. <laughs> well, not three. It's like two and a half years worth of loot. Can't be infused. Not that you can't use it. You can't infuse it. That is an absolute. They are, they're getting out of freaking bazooka. This is more like a scalpel. Oh, your glasses arrived? Nice, nice, nice. So, the entire reason I went on this tangent, the entire reason I went on this tangent is to show you that they didn't have to hit the loot pool this hard. They could have staggered sunsetting. In September, 
all of year one is sunset. People would have been like, that's not a big deal. I'm not really using a lot of the year one stuff anymore. Ikelos and Midnight Coup are probably the only weapons that have lasted this long, right? We're we're about to get into year four. People be like, at the beginning of year four, you're going to sunset year one. That's not a big deal. And then in the winter season, they could have been like, now we're sunsetting year two. They could have done this gradually. In my mind, the only reason to hit the loot pool this dadgum hard is because you're filling it. You're just going to absolutely just... Here you go. Everything's getting a lot of new stuff now. Why take guns out of Reckoning? Why take guns out of Gambit? Why create vacancies? What's the point? Why do that? Unless you're... You don't create a vacancy unless you have something to put in the vacancy. Historically with Bungie, they just leave old content alone. You know that's true. All you gotta do is look at really, really old content right now. You look at Escalation Protocol, Blindwell, The Forges, Menagerie, Reckoning. They don't touch any of that stuff. It just sits there. The only reason that they're reaching into those encounters in those places and taking guns out of the loot pool, in my mind logically, would be you only create a vacancy if you plan on filling it. Otherwise, everyone's gonna be like, why'd you do that? Why'd you take that away? I... I could have still went and got a spare rations from Reckoning. Why'd you take that away? It it just stands it stands to reason that they're putting something in its place. And maybe not right away. Maybe they're making space because every season they're going to add stuff to some of the core activities to rejuvenate and reinvigorate them. And they're making the space now. Because Luke Smith said they want to reinvigorate the core activities. They're not going to take out 300 to 400 guns and add 50. I certainly hope that's not their plan, Beer Pie. Now, they may come back if they hit it that hard. Let's say they take out like 300 to 400 and they only add like 100 and people are like, oh my gosh, why did you do that? They might say, look, we removed three to 400, but on average, only about 150 of them were in circulation. So it's actually not that big of a pain point. How many of the 300 to 400 guns are year one guns that never see the light of day? That's a pretty gun. Oh, the Midnight Coup is gorgeous. It's such a good gun. I like I just I love how uh I love how long it is. It's uh it's great. So This is why people are like you have too much confidence in Bungie. You have too much confidence in Bungie. Well, you have too much doubt. You have too much doubt. I can't see a developer doing and making these decisions and being like, "Oh, whoops." Yeah, I, I was, ah, frick, I can't believe we did that. Yeah, we sunset three years worth of guns and, and we uh, we added 42. <laughs> like, I just, I can't, it, it, to me, I know they've made mistakes and missteps and everybody wants to point to trials in this season. But historically speaking, when they make a far-reaching change like this, it usually lands pretty well. When they got rid of double primary, when they got rid of, when they, when they, when they got rid of static rolls and they brought in random rolls, when they added the artifact, when they added armor 2.0, in general, when they make a system-wide change, they usually nail it. Their, 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 their pattern for system-wide changes is much better. Trials, in this season, I, I just, I don't count that in the same category. This season was awful. They totally fumbled this ball. But when they make a system-wide change, when we went into Taken King, those are when they shine. That's when they do, uh, that's when they absolutely knock it out of the park. Ethos changing tectonic shifts are when they tend to shine. To be fair, random rolls was a requested change. Right, 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 right. I'm not saying the source of the change to Bada. I'm saying when they make a system-wide change, do they muck it up? No. Random rolls was a system-wide change, and it worked. Everybody was excited. Getting rid of random rolls, it worked. Everybody was excited. Like, 
when they added the artifact that's been a cool that's honestly been a really cool element in the game there's there's really cool stuff you can do right now with the artifact you could do oppressive darkness now you can run that so what's that one called passive guard or whatever I was running today you can run passive guard you can do uh, disrupting blade there's cool stuff on here this was a great uh, the, the artifact was a great change armor 2.0 was a great change they completely overhauled the entire armor system and they pulled it off and it's great so that's what I mean the, think of it this way the level of work that it took to do armor 2.0 necessitated it being a good, a good move it took so much work for them to do that so by its very nature it ends up being a home run does that make sense? Like, it just takes so many people working on it. Now, you might look at trials and be like, oh, I can't believe they just fumbled the ball on trials. The logistics and the systems of trials are actually really sound. It's the lack of adept weapons and the cheaters that just completely ruined it. I think if trials had adept weapons and you didn't have any cheaters, I don't think people would act like trials is this absolute non-baked cake fumble. Like... I- overhaul didn't they just add two more stats people like you probably make developers want to stab their own eyeball what they did to armor 2.0 the mod system the customization the charge with light the uh the warm mind cells they completely overhauled what you can do with your armor didn't they just add two stats no they did way more than that it's a, it was an entire... We have more customization power in Armor 2.0 than we have ever had. And like, I, who uses those? I'm done talking to you. Go watch some videos and educate yourself. Like, it's not worth talking to somebody whose head is in the sand. There are insane builds that you can come from charged with light, powerful friends, and warm mind something. Who uses those? Well, clearly you don't because you're clueless about what you can do with the armor system right now. Armor customization and armor depth, all of that right now, it's at a place where it's never been. So, I'm, I'm done with you. You're not even you're not even on the landscape of discussion. You're just speaking in generic platitudes that don't represent the actual systems you're trying to criticize. Hot sauce. If the Almighty is speculated to hit another planet like Titan IO or Mercury, why would they see it in Earth's skybox? Is it not that big? Well, they're not going for realism, right? They're not going for realism. I think that they're I think they're going for a tower thing we can check on, right? So Stats don't feel good whatsoever. I genuinely don't care about what my stats are aside from recovery. Thank you for ordering some Rageless Roast. That's why they. That's why I think the mods have been more exciting. Charge with light, uh, creating the war mine cells. Those things are way more exciting than like, oh, I have lots of mobility. Like, obviously on a hunter, lots of mobility and being able to heal every nine seconds with worm husk is a pretty stupid utility. Like, it's insanely strong. But like, Stats are massively important in PvP, and that's where people really, really focus on them. I do think in PvE, they need to continue to iterate on mods like Powerful Friends and like I'm not not Powerful Friends. I'm sorry, Charge with Light and the Warmind Cells. I continue to say this: mods like Warmind Cells will continue to be looked down upon by the community if you don't incentivize their use. People don't want to disrupt their loadout to mess around with something unless you incentivize its use, right? If you incentivized Warmind Cell usage with, with, as I've said before, modifiers in a Grandmaster Nightfall, then people would have experimented with it and been like, this is actually insanely awesome. This is so strong. 
holy frick but they don't incentivize their use so people just settle for what they already have people don't like change the only way you get people to change in a game like this is to usually incentivize it that's why I've continued to say modifiers and activities need to be more synergistic with what Bungie wants us to try and do you want people to try outside arms bows, scouts, whatever you want people to mess around with war mine cells you've got to incentivize it you've got to put modifiers in there that push people in that direction and then they would start to see wow there are some crazy builds right now. Go watch some videos on it. Like I said, you gotta educate yourself on war mine cells before dismissing them. There are some absurd builds with war mine cells, but they just there's not a strong enough incentive for you to do it, so you ignore it. And when somebody brings it up, you're like, "Yeah, it's boring though. Who does that? Who even messes with that?" I, it's one of the stronger PVE sources of power in the game right now. You just don't have a strong incentive to do it. You know that you can run through most PVE content and not do it, and therefore you ignore it. Which is understandable. I'm not telling you that you should be playing different. I'm saying Bungie should incentivize you to play different, so you can be like, man, this is actually pretty awesome. Uh, ZBH. First, thank you for uh, what you do in the stream has been making work from home tolerable. Was there any strand of lore that you enjoyed most? The Nine, the Darkness, oh, Rasputin. Now even having having a background story about how he got started and what he did and what he's done, I think Rasputin's just dope. Dude, Rasputin is dad. Like, he's awesome. Um, I'm not completely disagreeing with you, but the fact that you're saying if they had adept weapons, trials would not be half-baked, you're right, but the fact is, trials doesn't have adept weapons, though. You can't make that assumption and don't think it's fair to write off bad things about the game because of the potential destiny has so much potential. No, 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 no. Morgan's baby daddy, what I was talking about is, I feel the lack of adept weapons is a particular shortcoming. I don't think that lands... When I create a category, this is the category system-wide changes and when I look at the system-wide changes Bungie has made over the years they always do a great job I don't think adept weapons not being in trials is a system-wide change also related to this discussion the system-wide change of sunsetting is one of the reasons it's linked to the lack of adept weapons we don't have adept weapons because nine months ago when they started designing those guns right rewind the clock go back six to nine months when they were designing those weapons of course they come out and we're like what the frick is this because when they were designing those weapons they were designing them within the limited and bad system that we're in right now where they said no you can't do that you can't give an extra perk you can't make the gun extra strong we don't have a system for that we just got rid of pinnacle weapons you can't reintroduce them in in, in essence in trials so the, the way that they built the weapons was back in the outdated system that's why I'm like the lack of adept weapons it's not a system wide change it's linked to a bad system Like I just, I just see it as a different I'm diagnosing it as something different and therefore, I don't see it as a symptom that Bungie can't pull off a big September. You know what I'm saying? Passages are bad too? Completely disagree. Passages were iterated on in a great way. There's one for more XP. There's one for more tokens. There's one where you get extra drops. There's one with the mercy. The iteration and the evolution of passages was excellent. You don't even have to go to the tower to rebuy them. 
wealth is terrible and confidence has joke rewards see no again you're not looking at the system the system of passages is actually really really smart there's no hierarchy of loot so the passages don't land right the passages were a great iteration of trials tokens if done right is superior to bounties because you can play all weekend on the same character that's your favorite you can play all weekend if you only have one character and you continue to get rewards as soon as they remove the win requirement and restructure where how much tokens how many tokens drop in games four five six and seven that's superior to a bounty system where once your bounties are gone you're done for the weekend especially if you only have one character or you really only like running on one character infinite flawless runs better passages a token system that needs tweaked and then you add adept weapons and trials is exactly what a lot of people wanted it to be you throw in adept weapons and you tweak token payout and trials is logistically very sound it's it's the cheating the lack of adept weapons and the token payout like they missed three different marks and it's like what'd you guys do here and what are you going to do about cheating right like what the frick are you going to do I actually thought the glows was a really smart idea to reward those who regularly go flawless. I thought the glow was actually really cool. I I think it would have been better if they would have done ornamentation on adept weapons in addition to the in addition to the glow, but I don't know. Again, to go all the way back to what Morgan's was disagreeing with me on when Bungie makes a system-wide change they historically nail it. Trials was not a system-wide change. Trials was a system, I'm sorry, it was a game mode that came to a an increase in cheat-rising community and it came to a loot system that limited what they could do with aspirational loot. Like, if we really, really want to get mad at Trials about all the lack of adept weapons, I... I kind of want to tap you on the shoulder and be like, hi, hi, um, I'm a PvE player, and I've been complaining about raid weapons uh, since Last Wish, not being standout or aspirational. I'm sorry, you have to get in line. I was here first. I, I had this complaint before you. I was complaining about a lack of aspirational loot before you even got your trials back. So get the freaking line. I've been frustrated about this before you were. So Garden of Salvation has the same problem. Don't you see? It's a system-wide problem that's undercutting trials. Trials isn't fundamentally the problem. It's the system-wide problem of no loot hierarchy. The lack of loot hierarchy is just chopping the legs out from underneath trials, and it does the same thing to raids since this game launched. That's why people are like, oh, they're freaking trials. Just, oh, you can't believe Bungie doesn't know what they're doing. No, they're in a bad, they're in a bad like system-wide limited loot system where they can't create aspirational loot. They can't create best-in-class loot. When they did, uh, I don't know. Case in point, every pinnacle weapon that started to create power creep. So, you gotta get in line if you're upset about adept weapons, okay? I've been ticked about the lack of aspirational loot since freaking Last Wish, alright? Like, this has been a problem for a while. If you zoom in on the logistics of trials, I think people overstate how bad it is. I really, really do. I think it gets completely overstated. We spent a lot of time on that section. 
do you feel the idea of the Almighty was sort of lost with all the other storylines in this season? Should they have tied it better with Rasputin? I mean, this is kind of just, this is one of those questions where it's super broad. Do you think they should have done this instead? Do you think this would have been better? I really don't answer questions like that. Um, Vicarious me. The Almighty is only visible in the tower, not the EDZ. Both of those guys, yeah, this is... Again, I believe they're just trying to create something cool in the tower, and they probably just didn't have time to create the exact perspective changes on all the different planets of where the Almighty would be. Like, sometimes I think I think we just have to like accept that they're not going to be able to when they do like an, an event like this. It's like updating in the game; it'll have limitations. You know what I'm saying? Like, there, it's a bummer that they can't have it everywhere, but. Like I said, they like to do these things in the tower. It's possible that the that the instance in the tower is just easier for them to mess with. It's maybe it's harder to mess with skyboxes on the actual planets because the tower is more controlled. They did it with Empyrean Restoration and Guardian Games, and now they're doing it. They're potentially uh, doing it with this. So having it move is what I mean. Uh, do they do something to the Garden of Salvation armor? I've been getting sixty plus stats on it. It could just be total luck. Last couple times I ran and I was not getting guaranteed plus 60s. I was in mid-50s the whole time. Parasito. If we don't get a major story mission before the season ends, uh, this season's story was all in the bunkers and two cutscenes. Should Bungie move back to front-loading story, or is there a way to spread it out while maintaining substance? I actually would push back on what you're saying. I, I do feel like they did a good job with story story this season as far as trickling it out the danger of front loading it is you get two months in and you're like I don't what the frick do you remember what we did you know what I'm saying oh we rescued Saint is that all we did is that it you know what I'm saying for me I like the way they did this now that's preference there are people that are just going to disagree with me on this they're going to be like no I prefer a bunch of cutscenes up front you know the, the almighty is a threat then the pyramid ships are a threat. You know, all these different things are a threat. And we're just kind of monitoring it as it happens. Twin Syndrome with two months. Thank you. And Morgan's Baby Daddy gifting five subs to the community. Thank you for doing that. And thank you for the good back and forth, by the way. I like I like when uh, somebody wants to kind of step into the ring and be like, I disagree with you, Lono. The people that say this, this stream is an echo chamber don't spend more than five seconds here. Because they probably come in on an alt, say something dumb, and get banned. And then accuse us of being an echo chamber. I thought that was a, I thought that was a good back and forth. You, you know, people that don't agree with me about you know trials and everything else. I I can see where people are coming from. I just continue to think that if they can create the upper echelon of gear, a lot of these frustrations start to subside. You know, a lot of them start to subside. I feel the major focus of the season was the Doritos, and the Almighty was a side thing when it was supposed to be about the Almighty. I don't disagree with that, Chevy, but here's the thing. That's true anyway. The Doritos have been a bigger and more long-standing threat. The Almighty was kind of like a new, like, oh crap, what is this? So I actually think you're putting your finger on what is sort of true of the story elements themselves. I mean, we find a pyramid ship underground in Shadowkeep, and we go inside of it, and then we talk to somebody, like, from it. And they're like on the way or whatever and we've known they've been on the way since end of vanilla so I'm okay with it feeling that way I don't necessarily know if that's like an indictment of bad storytelling it's like no 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 no. that is the meta narrative that is the overarching story that we're in right now and this is a 
This is more of a subtext narrative of like, oh man, the Almighty's going to hit the tower. Truth be told, the Almighty could hit the tower and we'd probably recover from that. These pyramid ships could potentially, you know, wipe out everything. It's, a, I mean, it's a fleet. <laughs> Picklonics says, has this season's initial focus on the Almighty done more harm than good, given the lack of player interaction with the Almighty? I mean, it's hard to know. This is just another one of those super broad. Has it done more harm than good? I can either answer yes or no. So it's hard for me to give you a good answer here. Other than to say, I think they probably could have gotten some use out of the actual Almighty, like going up there. It's a space we can go to. You go there in vanilla. I think that might have been a slight mistake. Maybe we'll get a mission next week where we go back there. We'll get a cutscene and then all of a sudden we're on the Almighty again. That would be pretty cool. And we actually take place in destroying it or something. Maybe Rasputin's targeting systems can't target it for some reason and we have to plant something on the Almighty to assist in targeting. I don't know. I don't want to get your hopes up, but it would be pretty cool to go back up there. Uh, Murdoch. Do you think Bungie overpromised on the evolving world aspect in these seasons? Small things like changing here and there, but does it ever amount to something meaningful? This is another really, really big broad yes or no. So I can either say, yes, they overpromised, or no, they didn't. It's Again, this is tough for me to give a good answer to that doesn't just sound like a generic, yeah, they overpromised. What I would say is, in the realm of what you're talking about, like when they promise an evolving world, I think they're doing things in the game they've never done before, and I think it's cool. That's kind of a generic answer, but it's kind of a generic question, right? Like, I think it's cool, and they've never done it before. There's these towers all over the the, the EDZ and the moon and IO. There's these cool towers popping up. There's more and more of them all season. There's these dots on a map getting closer and closer all season. Saint-14 is in the freaking tower. Come on, you know? Like, I actually think they've done really, really cool. Like, we're having more of a permanent effect on the game now than we have in the past, and I think that's kind of cool. So, I... Did they overpromise? I mean, when they say that there's going to be an evolving world, if you interpret it to mean that it's going to be significant, massive worldwide changes and you don't get that, did Bungie create that expectation or did you? Sometimes a generic statement is just that. It's a generic statement. A single evolving world. When when Luke Smith says that, a single evolving world, okay? That's a generic statement. It doesn't necessarily mean that you know the the plant life on the planets is going to is going to be diminished where we have lots of fights and and the water on the shores of the EDZ is going to become you know messed up and dead fish will be everywhere cuz we've been fighting there we've messed up the ecosystem like you know what i'm saying like there's it's just kind of a generic statement that i don't think i want to read too much into and they've been doing exactly what they said like we're having an impact on the game the finest brew What do you think Bungie's reasoning is for the filler stories we've had this year? I think Red Legion really didn't need to be an antagonist for two... I'm not reading this. It's just your opinion on what they should have done. That's... I'm I'm, I'm letting some of you guys get away with questions that aren't questions, and I gotta start just skipping when someone does that. What do you think about this? And three sentences of what you think they should have done. It's just not a and a That's not a question. How do you see Bungie improving the story immersion going forward in the core playlist? Do you think raids or PvP endgame will be included in that? I mean, there's not much they can do with story immersion when you're in like a strike 
or like the crucible or like what I, I don't know I guess gambit or or raids or nightfalls like you can do like audio like somebody's talking do you know like yeah raids always take part in the storytelling but then once you're done with the raid you're kind of done you don't like go in there every week and there's more story developments and I actually think they've done a pretty cool job making the making the raids feel impactful I mean last wish probably being the single most impactful raid next to King's Fall as far as like what we're actually doing so yeah I as far as doing that like how do they how do I see them improving it I mean they they do already using audio and cool lore threads they already kind of do this but doing it in the core playlist like if you want to see old strikes reinvigorated with like new story and stuff I just don't know if they're going to do that Engrats. I feel like every season gets looked back on with those rose tinted glasses people hated on dawn but now it's the best ever will the season break that mold or are we doomed to repeat this look back for forever well here's what I think happens Engrats. the people that enjoyed season of dawn I actually remember people coming in here during Season of Dawn and defending it and saying they enjoyed it in the midst of people coming in and saying that it wasn't good, okay? Now, the people that came in during Season of Dawn and said it wasn't good, I don't think they're coming in my streams and being like, dude, Season of Dawn was amazing. I don't think they're flip-flopping. I think what's happening is when a season is bad and someone pipes up and says, dude, Season of Dawn was so much better... I think that person probably legitimately thought that. Like, during Season of Dawn. Like, I've been saying that. I defended Season of Dawn during the season. I said that it was good. I said the loot was cool. I defended Season of Dawn on Fireteam chat to Destin, saying the loot was cool. Destin was like, I don't want to get the loot. I already have a bunch of god rolls. And I was like, okay, I can relate to that. We, we, you know, it's, it's hard to go after guns that you feel like you already have. But at the same time, I still defended the content. Sundial was good. The guns were cool. There was a brand new gun that had never been in the game before. You know, the, the wave frame grenade launcher. And then when I got to this season, I immediately started saying, I don't know, dude. Dawn was so much better than this. The, the, the central core activity was better. The loot was better. The way that we acquired the loot was better, right? I don't feel like I'm having rose-colored glasses. Like, you can go back. I, like, I'm not just some random person on the forums. You can go check the history here. Go watch my content during season of dawn it was overwhelmingly positive and then all the people that hated dawn came to my stream you know came to my youtube and called me a shill and said that i was an apologist and oh you know this season sucks and you just won't admit it you know and then all those people vanish into nothing the minute i get into a season like the season of the worthy and i start ripping it to shreds apparently they never watch a single one of those videos because I would say 90% of my content about this season has just been absolutely shredding it and talking about how bad it's been. I, I was told I was being too negative day one of this season because I said that the, the, the tower event was awful. So, in the midst of Dawn, during and at the end of season of Dawn, I thought it was a solid season. I did have criticisms about certain things, but over, overall, I thought it was good. Don't you remember in January people coming in here and saying, I'm bored, this sucks, there's nothing to do? And I really pushed back on that. I pushed back specifically on players that were more hardcore and even some of the streamers that were more hardcore saying they were bored. And I basically was like, you play in a way that the content can't keep up with. Of course you're bored one month in. 
if you're bored one month in that's probably pretty good pacing for the rest of the community because it's going to take them about two months to get where you are and then the final month is usually a coasting month anyway I, I remember defending Season of Dawn in January, you know? Was like, we were in January, and I was like, I, I I think people are overstating how bad it was, you know? I wasn't bored one month in last season. I was bored one week in this season. Right, like, Chevy, Chevy and Glad and the hardcore guys, they made it about a month to a month and a half in, and they got bored, right? That's actually not bad. At the level that they play, that's probably good pacing trickle-down. If it takes Chevy a month to a month and a half to get bored, that's going to scale down to the rest of the community in a really good way. If Chevy isn't bored until the middle of the third month, I that's probably too dense. The content's too dense. The rest of the community's going to not be able to engage with the content. If he's bored after a week, and so was I, you're in bad shape because there was we just didn't feel like we had anything to do. We had no, we just didn't feel like we had anything worth doing this season. I really do think it came. I really do think it it, it, it came from the the tower event, the method that we were supposed to one of the main methods of grind that we were supposed to engage with was just not enjoyable. Chevy says one week. This noob, uh, Lono says one month. Actually, if you read, he said two different things, so try to keep up. I know it's hard. Your reading comprehension level probably is that of like a four-year-old. He actually said he wasn't bored until about a month in last season, and he was bored one week in this season. He actually said two different sentences. So, I know it's hard to read when when the sentences are moving fast, and your mom has to help you, but that's not what he said. So... Uh... Banana Master, do you think at the end of the season, if the Almighty crashes, do you think it will become a new play space? Yeah, somebody already asked that. I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think they're going to make it a play space. I'm hesitant to say that we might go to it on a mission since that play space already exists. But I think ultimately it's going to get destroyed. Um, Wolfenstein. When do you think they will bring back the older D2 raids and make them relevant again? I mean, I would say... Uh, I would I would say that the Age of Triumph they'll probably reserve for like the final year. You know what I mean? Why character attacks to win an argument? I don't need to win an argument with a, mental, with, a, with a mentally small person. I don't need to win the argument. There was no argument. They said something stupid and I roasted them for it. Do you actually think I need to lean on insults in an argument? Do you think I lack argumentative prowess that I have to lean back on an insult? I was roasting someone who was being a douche in the chat. They called me a noob. So I decided to in, I decided to light him up. They didn't they didn't they did not put forth an argue an argument. They put forth an insult. I returned in kind. Like you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. It's that simple. You're on my playground running your mouth. You're probably not going to get to hang out for very long. Character attack. <laughs> I lit up his reading comprehension. <laughs> the horror. Yeah, I think an Age of Triumph is coming. I think they'll do an Age of Triumph, right? I think that they will they will they will bring those back around. Did he say something worse than noob? 
Next time I want to consult you, Cortex, on who I should or shouldn't roast, I'll make sure and send you a DM, except I'll never do that because I don't give a frick about what you think about how I run my channel. I don't need to consult with you on whether or not what they said was worthy of a roast or not. So maybe, I don't know, mind your own business. You've been kind of doing that lately. Like I'm supposed to, I guess, consult with you, Mr. Randy, in the chat about how I run my five-year-old stream. So... Don't expect a DM for consultation on how I run my chat. Jericus. Lona, with the Almighty crashing down to Earth, probably damaging the tower, do you feel this is the first step in a new social space? No. We gotta be careful here, dude. You gotta be careful. We don't need to suddenly act like the Almighty potentially crashing means we're gonna get, like, a new tower or something. Like, that's... I I don't think so. Is it... Is it going to have some, like, rubble or something in it or some smoked walls? Yeah, maybe. But I don't think they're going to be like, I've got an idea. (laughs) We have the farm and the new tower. Let's make another social space. I I don't think they're going to do that. (laughs) I really don't think they're going to do that. Of all the things things that that they're going to do, I don't think they're going to waste time on that. So... I'm glad I found Zaynut Rage. I need more more adult level conversation. <laughs> Thank you. Lono Karen emote when? Yeah, we need a Karen emote big time. Ash and Hollow. Do you feel any of the Warmind Cell mods may come back as legendary weapon perks, even if they're slightly nerfed? Well, if I ever get a Rose Chevy, uh, Lono's 100% coming. <laughs> uh well, these are intrinsic to the Seraph weapons, but if we're all honest, they're, they don't proc enough, okay? If I could consistently proc Warmind Cells with the Seraph weapons, I would probably use them more often. They, they just don't proc enough. So, you know, somebody's like, would that slightly be overpowered? Well, think about it like this. What if you increased their, their, um, What's the word I want to use? You increase their consistency and then you lower their lethality. Does that make sense? So then it's not absolutely destroying the content. Like, they're just tricking everywhere. Yeah, bam, bam, that guy. Bam, bam, that guy. Bam. Oh, they're all over the floor. Increase their frequency, but lower their lethality. Why would that be a good mixture? Well, because, as we said a little bit ago, the the visual of seeing it is so cool. The fast reload is just like, oh, yeah, what a great perk. So the visual of seeing them on the ground would be exciting. And even if they were, like, a little less lethal, you'd be like, yo, this gun is pretty cool. That's where I feel like the Seraph guns fell flat. I felt like they didn't... It's like... You're, you're taking a more basic, not amazing role on the weapon because it can do something that other guns can't. It can literally create Warmind Cells. The problem is, is with Tyrant Surge, you're making them all the time. You throw a grenade and there's like eight of them on the ground, you know? And it's like, and then you're sitting there looking at your gun like, I just killed nine ads and didn't get one. <laughs> you know? It should be it should be like every other ad that you kill it should pop out and then maybe make them less lethal so it's exciting to see them and they're helping but they're not like destroy you kill like a group of thrall and it like crashes the game like it doesn't need to be it doesn't need to be that extreme Dark Sith with 6 months that's a purple badge 3 months for uh Amule, that's a blue badge and then Kristoff with 3 months thank you 
keep me entertained while being furloughed well I'm sorry you're being furloughed I got friends that's happening too hopefully everything can bounce back sooner than later and hopefully you can be entertained while you get to hang out here um so yeah Warmind Cell as a thing and I think Warmind Cells was also an experiment I think they're probably going to do more guns that do stuff like that a gun that does something right rather than like oh well this gun gets a better stat I feel like you might be basing it on one person running it on a fire team I ran with two others in a strike and we were all using seraph weapons the cells were dropping everywhere here's the problem with that A9 when you farm for a weapon do you ever want to say hey this would be really good if we all run it I never want to say that I want to be like yo this is really good I like using this does that make sense I'm not disagreeing with you in practice that if like a whole team runs the Seraph weapons, they're probably dropping pretty more, you know, pretty regularly. But I'm not going to grind for a god roll that like, yo, this is going to be great if each and every one of you decides to run it whenever we play together. I, I don't want a weapon to be contingent upon what somebody else decides to run. Now, there's already some of that to a degree with champion mods, but we have all highlighted why we don't like champion mods because you feel like you've got to, like, change your loadout. If there was more freedom on the champion mods, you wouldn't have to lean on your team so much. Nobody wants to, like, grind for a gun. Guns are an extension of you. You don't want the gun to be an extension of you and then, like, it's powerful if you guys run it too. You know what I mean? So you're right. But at the same time, I don't think that's a. I don't think that makes. I think that makes the gun unappealing to a certain extent. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then you don't really experiment with it. You're like, why is this gun good? I don't know. Can you guys run it? And then the real question is: Is the gun even good? Is it good, or are you just all doing something that's creating them and that's good? Is the gun itself, in in and of itself, a good weapon? Or is it more that, like, Warmind cells are good and you guys are just increasing the odds of creating them? Uh, Passer Taco. Do you think the Red Legion might be removed from the game when the storyline with the Almighty wraps up, whether after this season or at the end of year three? I, that's just a big broad yes or no, man. I don't know. Warlock. Do you think the Almighty will destroy a bit of the tower evolving the hub? We've already answered that one about what we think it'll do to the tower. Critterbot. How do you feel about the Almighty as the climax of the season? There's no boss fight or story mission about it. No pyramids. I mean, we didn't really get that last season. I mean, I guess we went and fought Inatam, but I don't know. I'm worried they're going away from play how you want and more play how you want as long as you use this. Yeah, but I, that's what I mean. I feel like if champion mods were more standardized and you could use them on any primary, and if modifiers motivated you to use different weapons, instead of being like, well, this entire season, if you want to run anti-barrier, you got to use this gun, I should just be able to use anti-barrier on like a handful of primaries that it makes sense on. You know? I, and just let me, let me run the weapon that I want, and then I just throw anti-barrier on it. And then if you want me to try different weapons, do that with modifiers. Every week, just change the modifiers around. Yeah, in this environment, yeah, uh, this week, uh, scouts are really strong and shotguns are really strong. I don't want to use a scout and a shotgun. You don't have to. They're just getting a bit of a buff. It's optional. You know, it's the difference between a curated loadout and an incentivized loadout and I think incentivized loadout would create that sense of experimentation only if you want 
but you don't have to. T-Funk. You think that we will revisit the Almighty? Sorry, this one already got answered, T-Funk. Faded Titan. Can you give your dissertation on why... Why is this in here? Oh, I kid. It's It's not a joke question. Do you believe is intentionally uh, intentional by Bungie for spring seasons to be consistently light on content or just coincidence? Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's intentional. It could be linked to two different things. The timing, the timing with the community patterns has just dictated where they allocate bandwidth. They allocate the most bandwidth to like September in the summer is what it feels like. September in the summer, maybe winter. This is just probably where they see the community, you know, engaging less. So they're just like less bandwidth, you know? It's like staffing your restaurant lighter on a on a Tuesday afternoon compared to Friday night. You know what I mean? You just you have less people working because there's less people coming in. You don't staff as many people. The bandwidth of the restaurant is lower. You go in, you're like, man, it's dead in here. And there's, there's, there's one waiter, you know? And then you go on a Friday night and they got five waiters and all the line cooks are on. Like, it's... I, I feel like that's ultimately what they did. Now, when we say, is it intentional? I think it's more of a response. It's just like, this is probably the best use of our bandwidth. You know, uh, don't take this the wrong way, but when people ask you broad questions on the matter, they want your opinion on the matter. That's all. If you don't have opinion, then just say you don't, you don't want to, uh, that way you don't seem to dismiss them so easily. People like myself enjoy your points of view. Oh, well, let me, let me say why that's tough though. Uh, where is it? So Pastor Taco says, do you think the Red Legion might be removed from the game when the storyline with the Almighty wraps up? after this season or at the end of year three. I I guess you're right. I don't have an opinion on if that should happen or not. And will it? I just don't know. You know what I'm saying? It's like, do you think this particular storyline is going away next season or this season? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to soften up on skipping questions by saying, I genuinely don't know. I can't give you a good answer. I'm trying to put it on me like... I really am trying to put it on me. I just don't have a good answer to everything. And when they're like this, I'm just like, I honestly don't know what to say, homie. I, I don't know what they're going to do with that. I don't really drill down on story projections and, 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 and theories and predictions. I'm more like, I every once in a while, outside of Q&A, we'll talk about like what I think they might do with the story, but I don't get into it that often. Um... What can Bungie do better to connect the narrative from one season to the next? Luke said they'd be connected, but casual players were left with a bunch of questions. This doesn't sound like an accurate summary. If you if casuals were left with questions, why? Like, go and do the scenes and listen. Um, do you know what I'm saying? Just go and do the scenes and listen. Like, how do they not understand what's going on? What are they what are they missing? I don't I don't really know what what they could have done differently. Now, the pyramid ships in the bunker? I don't know. I like that though. It's more of a mystery than it like telephone rumor mill through the game of like, dude, did you see this? What are you talking about? There's like these lights in the bunker. Those those are the pyramid ships, man. I don't know. That's that's kind of cool. Now that they don't get it, but the stories don't really tie together. What do you mean they don't tie together? 
I don't understand. Okay, so Undying ends, and Osiris is like, you've been busy. And he like shows up, and we've been doing all this stuff, creating this way gate, and he decides to come and talk to us because he's like, I need your help with something, okay? It's not always going to be the smoothest baton handoff, but at least he like showed up, took notice of what we were doing, like, my gosh, by the way, I need your help with something. We help him. It brings Saint-14 to the tower. It brings Osiris center stage to confront Rasputin to be like, what are you doing? Now, the lore being outside the game that like he like left on like a homework assignment, I guess they could have put that in the game so we'd know where he is. And then all of a sudden we're working with Rasputin. It's more like a quilt than uh, what's the word than a mural. It's more like a quilt than a mural. Yes, there are different, there are definitely some big significant differences between like the Vex invasions don't really have anything to do with saving Saint 14 and Rasputin, but they took those two stories and they wove them together. There's threads connecting them. It's not like a big giant mural where everything is intertwined, like this guy's doing that and this guy's doing this and they're all on the same battlefield. It like, it's more like a quilt than a mural because like, yes, the Vex invasions are not 100% directly linked to Rasputin, but they did like a baton pass. They like threaded the stories together and then we did all that stuff with Osiris and Rasputin and then Osiris is like, what the frick is going on Rasputin? And now we're helping Rasputin. And by the way, Rasputin links it back Two, the pyramid ship in Shadowkeep, the pyramid ships at the end of the Vale, uh, I'm sorry, at the end of Vanilla, the pyramid ship encounters that we have with them, that's all being tied back in with Rasputin. He's like, listen, I'll help you with this almighty thing, but uh, we got bigger fish to fry. There's freaking pyramid ships showing up. And we go down in there, and like Zavala's like, oh my gosh, you were there at the collapse. Then we do the lie quest. We go down and learn that Rasputin was originally just like a, a, a lowly little satellite system orbiting Earth for like a defense notification system, and now he's basically a god. Like, I don't know about you. I, I, I feel like they've done a pretty cool job with the story. This is way more connected than like, hi, I'm Ada here's a bunch of guns to get cool and then the next season it's like hi i'm the drifter here's a bunch of guns to get and here's a new here's a new game mode oh cool how is this connected not at all oh hi i'm i'm a robot that can speak for callus the frick why are you here like (laughs) it's i don't know i feel like they've done a far better job connecting these it's like i said it's like a quilt before it didn't feel like a quilt it felt completely disconnected it was like just here's a blanket all right take that off all right here's another blanket all right take that off here's a blanket it was like three different blankets it's like what how are these even connected i don't know this gets subjective because it's art and it's storytelling but i feel like they've done a cool a really cool job I, I feel like this is one of the places where people need to chill out with their criticism like of all the things to criticize them for right now the story beats are actually really good. <laughs> They've done a stellar job. Um, and again, it's not it's not DLC story focused content, and they've still managed to give us pretty cool story in ten dollar seasonal content that's not meant to be story focused. I still feel like we've gotten cool stuff, saving Saint fourteen and all of it. So, whoever ordered some Rageous Roast coffee, thank you for doing that. Um, 
what is his name? Stamp, uh, Stampy? Wow, we are going slow on questions. Man, I need to be less verbose. Are you okay with the main event of the season story-wise being that late in the season, considering that the season was already very weak in content, or should it have come earlier? No, 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 no. I'm okay with this, and here's why. Um, Undying Mind sucked, but Undying Mind served as a beginning of the handoff, okay? What we did with Undying Mind led to getting the attention of Osiris, which led to Sundial, which led to his th- that season, right? So, th- I'm okay with this. This is this is likely leading to the baton handoff for the summer. Is what this is. It's 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 a building sort of what? Oh wow, this is this is about to be the transition. Something's going to take place, and then that will be sort of the well. Now we're in the summer season. Holy frick! This just happened, you know? Zavala's got shrapnel sticking out of his head or something. I don't know. You see what I'm saying? One of the dilemmas of front-loading a season is that what happens at the end? Everybody's just supposed to shrug and not care? You know? If you're getting uh, doubled comments, just refresh. So, of the two choices, I already think they front-load the season significantly. Look at all the items on the season pass. Super front-loaded. Look at the rhythm of content as it delivers. The first month is always more front-loaded than the rest. They already front-load significantly in a season. I don't think you need to front-load it any more than they already do. Because I, we, you need something happening at the end, whether it's the Empyrean Restoration that was the leading handoff to you know bring back Trials. So... Speaking of Osiris versus Rasputin, now that we know Osiris was talking about when he said, you know why I left the Infant Force, you know what I saw? And why he calls Rasputin a murderer and a betrayer? <gasps> oh! Oh, gee. You're right! He calls him a murderer and a betrayer because Osiris saw that he baited the Iron Lords with Siva and killed them. That's a goal. Oh, that's good, Ochi! That's a really good connection. We not, not, Now that line makes sense. Oh, Osiris, dude. Osiris was pissed. He was so bad. And what, what must be happening for Osiris to get over that and then, like, take orders from Rasputin? Can you imagine? He goes in there, just, I can't believe what you did. You killed them. Oh, what now? Oh, I, I need to go and do this thing? Okay, Dad. <laughs> he goes in there ready to confront him on a high horse, on a high horse. And Rasputin's like, you don't know who the frick you're talking to. Get the frick out, go do this thing, and don't come back until you're done. <laughs> so whatever Osiris knows now is more significant than confronting Rasputin about killing the Iron Lords. <laughs> So that's why I think it would have been cool what sparked this entire conversation, right? It probably would have been pretty cool to include the storyline of like Osiris going and leaving and doing exactly, like basically taking orders from Rasputin. Mike did the video the next day. Oh, did he? I, I, I don't get the chance to watch any of that stuff. Um, whoops, hang on a second. It's Truds. Have the skybox changes been too subtle? Are players outside of the social media circus even going to notice? I actually think Bungie likes doing it this way because it goes through the telephone game of the of the Destiny community. 
it's how I learned about the loot cave. It's how I learned about l- pulling your Ethernet cord out at, at, at Crota. It just, it, trust me on this. The skybox change will permeate through the community, just like the lights and the bunkers moving for the for the the Dorito chips. It 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 gets there. You don't have to be on Twitter. You don't have to watch me taking pictures with sunglasses on. Or I know Glad was doing the same thing, right? Like putting sunglasses on. Like you don't have to watch us knuckleheads to know what's going on in the game, right? It gets there. It gets around, and I think Bungie likes it to be that way because then it feels like it's more driven by the community than like, hey, just so you guys know, um, look up at the sun, and then they like leave. Like, wait, why'd you say that? You know what I mean? Like. If they make it too obvious, it's not as cool. <laughs> it's not as cool. Uh, four months from five five six. Four months from Rhett Disvet. Two months for Carlitis. Uh, Bob Ha gifted a sub to Carlitis, and a brand new sub from Vanilla Bean Pappy. Thank you. Dylan gave a hint. Well, as this question is positing, though, if you don't pay attention to social media, are you going to know? Is his point? I would wager to say, like. 80% of this community doesn't pay any attention to Twitter or the forums or Reddit. They're probably better for it. <laughs> They're probably better off never watching one of my streams. You know what I'm saying? Like, they just enjoy the game and they don't give a crap about any of this stuff. <laughs> so, I think it's cool, though, for them to be like, what are you talking about? And then their buddy convinces them to look up. You're pulling my leg. No, it's not. I Wait a minute. I think I see something. Like, that's a cool moment for a player, I think. To have that moment where your friend tells you and you think they're pulling your leg and you go and you're like, oh, the music is different. Oh, wow. It is different. Oh, wow. Oh, there is something in the sky. Oh, the lights are moving. Oh, my gosh. Oh, the loot cave is real. You know? Han Solo gif. It's all true. You know, it's true. All of it. (laughs) All the rumors you're hearing are true. Uh, Stony, 17. With how the storytelling was relatively well done regarding Felwinter and Rasputin, does it feel more like planned PvE content may have been scrapped to deal with trials needing to be introduced this season? I don't think so. I don't think that's how Bungie operates. I don't think they're like, no, scrap that PvE stuff, work on trials. I think the teams that work on these projects are separate. I think we already kind of touched on just less bandwidth was for this season. It's just less bandwidth. And we're really close to reset, so we'll go to the tower and we will see if it's moved. Uh, It moved. One player, Pete. Since Bungie's break from Activision, do you think that the game has been in a better state? Here's where people use the, I wish we were still with Activision, and I think they can actually make a good argument that I think ultimately is a bad argument, but I think on the surface it sounds really convincing. If you look at the year of Forsaken, Black Armory, Drifter, and Opulence, it's very easy to say, that year was better than this year, we should have stayed with Activision. We got more raid content, we got better content, we got more substance, right? And I think you could probably make a pretty good argument that that year felt a little bit better or more stout or more thick or whatever than this year, okay? Ultimately, I think that's a bad argument because that was a Seinfeld reference, yes. I think that's a bad argument because Activision wanted there to be a Destiny 3 this September and I don't think it would have been a very good launch. It would have been another bad vanilla launch. 
And so fundamentally, I think you can be very convincing. It's like those videos you see that are really convincing about like a pyramid scheme or something. And you're like, oh, wow, I can become a millionaire next week. I just have to buy this thing and convince all my friends to buy it. And then they convince all their friends to buy it, right? I think something very similar can happen with the I miss the days of Activision. It can sound so convincing, but the bigger picture is far worse, right? The bigger picture is far worse. Luke Smith said the teams were getting very burnt out by having to work on all the content. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty clear we're going to have to wait for the sun to come up. So I'm going to go back to orbit one more time just in case because new adventures available popped up as I got here. So I'm going to go to orbit and go back down. We'll wait for the sun to come up and we'll uh, we'll see if the, if, the, if the almighty is closer. I think they're going to do a daily update where it gets closer. It, it just seems to match the theme of like tower things happening. Yeah, I got to get out my sunglasses. Derpy Turtle. Um... Do you think the Almighty will actually crash into the city or maybe blow it up? I think there'll be some debris. I don't think it's going to destroy it. A. Fuji. Kind of pointless. Skip have already answered uh, and too generic. But do you think of the theory of the pyramids actually running through the Almighty and then they sit there in orbit waiting for us? I don't think the timeline lines up. I think the Almighty is a, is a more immediate threat. I don't think that's going to happen. No. Um, Keeler or Rob? Hey, Lono. How about a possible Fallen Guardian Alliance like the Covenant Human Alliance to fight the Doritos. I mean, I've said for a while that I feel like we have a lot of unlikely alliances and uh, and friends right now. We have a lot of unlikely allies. You have the Queen, you have Eris, you have Spider, you have Drifter. Uh, we actually have more unlikely allies now than we do like pure, you know, yeah, we did that thing with Mithrax, um, Callus is kind of like an ally so it could be like an Avengers Assemble moment where we're like okay uh, we kind of need everybody to team up and link arms because if not the whole you know the whole galaxy is going to get destroyed so we kind of need everybody to be cool with each other you know Saladin maybe don't stand so close to Rasputin and we'll figure this out together you know what I'm saying so like they could do something like that I, I don't know if they're going to go that route. Yeah, like, what's going on with Aldrin? He's apparently a guardian, you know? So. Sidekick Sherbert. Sorry if this was already asked. Do you think it would be good if gun perks and armor mods would have to synergize together to make good builds instead of just outlaw kill clip? Armor synergy and gun synergy is something that I think they need to invest more in so that when a weapon is at its absolute best, it's not as simple as just getting the god roll. I don't know if they're ever really going to go down this lane because combat is not dynamic enough. There's not enough depth to the combat to, to necessarily support just a bunch of just weird, crazy, strong builds. Now, you could argue that and I've argued this that your garden variety content like strikes and public events it doesn't matter if we're absurdly strong in those environments as long as you continue to use things like contest modifier and negative modifiers to keep us in check you could potentially make us quite a bit stronger than we are now because the end game can maintain its sense of aspiration and challenge and we're meeting some of that pain I, I don't feel like we meet the pain right now I've, I've, I've been getting lectured about this on my YouTube comments 
You haven't even run a Grandmaster Nightfall. How can you commentate on it? Okay, so I can watch guides and videos and I can make a judgment, you know? <laughs> so I don't need to experiment it my experience it myself to see that like most people are approaching Grandmaster Nightfall with a endure the pain or avoid the pain approach. I believe we either endure, avoid pain, or overcome it. I don't think there's enough instances where we overcome pain in this game. And I would like to see more effort put toward that so gun and armor synergies and mod synergies and modifiers that make certain builds really strong so we're meeting the pain or overcoming the pain as opposed to just enduring it or avoiding it just go invis or just stand in a well or or just run around those guys you know so zbh in your opinion what would bungie uh, why would Bungie leave Leviathan gear behind but not Last Wish or Garden? Could Leviathan be reworked? Well, Leviathan is is none of it's been random rolled. So, watching a space launch. Oh, yeah. Largo. Are you happy with the pace of the story delivery this season? It seemed very hurry up and wait. Again, I've answered this question a, a, a lot already, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one. I actually thought they did a good job with it, and I feel like they do have to space things out if they put everything in the beginning, it's kind of like, well, that's it. That's over. Nothing's happening for the rest of the season. So I've tried restarting your game. It doesn't do anything with the sun rising. I just have to wait. We tried this yesterday. Every time I came to the tower, the moon was in the same position for me. So NA painter. Do you think that the Seraph towers could have been a good event with matchmaking? And would you like to see more like it? In my video about the update to the Seraph Towers, when they updated it and made it harder, I actually said when you were there with an organized team, it was fun. It really was. It reminded me of nine-man escalation protocol instances. And so I ultimately concluded in that video that yes, the core elements of the tower event aren't bad. It's that they require a team to be somewhat organized and even in matchmaking, right? Even in matchmaking, it would have caused an issue. It would have been like, can you just can you just stop? Can you just quit running away? Like, you would still have dum-dums on your team. That's always going to happen. Um, so, I would say, if they want to do stuff like that, the principle is already in place, and we know what people respond well to. Match made, non-fail, if it's going to be the core activity for all players to enjoy. If it's not aspirational raid, dungeon, Grandmaster Nightfall, or trials, then it should be match made, non-failable. And just create a spectrum of reward where, where if you run it more efficiently or better, you get more rewards or whatever. So when you match make, you're going to get a lower turnaround time of gear or loot or reward compared to me and my hardcore team that burn it down. It's that simple. They've already applied these principles very well in Vex Offensive, Menagerie, and Sundial. There's literally no reason uh, to go back to, oh, it's a random environment in the public space and hopefully people are there and it requires a little bit of synergy and working together, so, oh, you failed. Like, if you take away those two value points, I just think you're, you're setting yourself up for a lot of frustration. You take away matchmaking, you take away non-fail. The two things people loved about Menagerie are you could just matchmake and not fail. And they take both those value points away, and I think that's ultimately why the tower event, from its from its foundation up, was just poor, poor in concept. And 
it would have been more tolerable if those two things were there. Troll Annie, what are your thoughts on SP storytelling? Do you feel Bungie has succeeded in their one narrative pushing forward evolving world? This is another one where I guess you're just wanting my opinion on it because like the answer is either yes or no. Have they succeeded? I've already answered this in my big rant about how it feels more like a quilt than a mural. It does feel like the story elements are connected. It feels like a much better baton pass than the way they used to do it as opposed to like nothing felt connected. I do feel like the storytelling is significantly better than it used to be. I like, I feel that if, if people go back in time, right? If people go back in time and they play Destiny 1 during its droughts and during sort of its, its lack of connectedness back then, then I think people would probably see how far the game has actually come, you know? Shooter plays. Do you think that we could repeat, we could see a repeat of what Bungie did with Halo 2, where they brought an enemy that we fought against onto our side? Somebody already asked about that. I think there's probably a potential of that happening. Eagle Eyes with five months, a brand new sub from Co Warrior, and 35 months from Magic and Mitch. Thank you for those subs and resubs. Iron Man Mark. Knowing another guardian is stuck in a loop inside the Almighty lore wise. This is not a spoiler, by the way, guys. This is from a, a lore entry from a long time ago. Do you think that Bungie could benefit from that? A mission to save him? There, yeah, I, I could see, like, a, hey, we got to go rescue this guy, you know gotta go rescue him and we go to the thing they could do that because a return to the almighty would be pretty cool how do you feel about the idea of pinnacle rewards rotating through the raids to give incentive to play them all I mean that's that's a very like age of triumph sort of focused answer and I've already kind of answered that I would be cool with it but I don't know if it's going to happen anytime soon what has been your favorite or worst thing this season Uh, the only really redeemable part has been the story elements and my favorite thing was going down and seeing Rasputin's original satellite and everything else has been pretty bad Uh, Sangoma what do you think of the major if uh, the major NPC will be next season with Felwinter's Lion Siva being on the Eververse could you see a Felwinter comeback yeah I don't know I I, I don't make predictions like this because it's it's so unlikely to hit the target Oh geez, it's ghetto. With D3 inevitable but far away, what can Bungie do to the storyline quality versus gameplay quantity to keep the player base engaged? This is way too generic and I've already answered a lot of questions about story, so I'm just going to move on. That's too big to dive down. That's like a whole back and forth discussion about how they could do a better job interweaving those things. I actually feel like they've done a pretty good job every three months giving us cool story developments and cool stuff to do. I don't have a laundry list of demands within that realm. Hugh, if the Almighty is near the skybox and the Doritos are getting closer to Titan, uh, who will we be fighting first? There's no way for me to know that. Copper Lion, I love the story of Destiny so far. I can't wait to see what we do next. Should Bungie do something to help recap the story uh, for new players to help them have an understanding of what's going on? They said in the director's cut that... um, they're going to make the new light player experience and acquisition better. I don't know to what degree they're going to do that, but they are committed to uh, to smoothing that out. So the sun is rising, chat. Vinny says, Do you think we will ever see more Destiny in other media? I enjoyed the comics uh, and would personally... I can't answer your question. I don't know if they're going to do anything about that. I don't know if they're going to do anything outside of the game. 
Uh, what do you think can be done to make core activities consistently worth doing even after hitting power caps or reaching endgame? I, I got this idea from The Division. I think a rotation of uh, daily drops. So I think once you hit max power, like once you hit a thousand this season, these little gold circles that are for like your, hey, come get your powerful reward or whatever, it should be a daily targeted item. A daily targeted item. So I should be able to go grind three strikes and get a dire promise. I should be able to go do a nightfall and get a Uriel's gift. Like just rotate the items, you know? Just have rotation of items. The whole game should change when you hit max power. It should be more of a focus on loot pursuit. So core activities can be can be relevant to you every day, potentially. You know? You know what I mean? I that you could you could you would definitely I think definitely get more people's attention if you did that. Um, the bungee tweet is just an artist interview. Okay, thank you. The bungee tweet is a dev insight. It's just an interview from what people are saying with like an artist. That's not going to be like information about the game or anything. So that's what I would do. Cause I I just think the power leveling is dumb. I think once you hit max level, everything should just drop at your level. I shouldn't need to target like pinnacle drops or powerful drops to like, you know, level. I I should just get drops at my level. I honestly think it should just do slot leveling where once I have a a 1000 primary, all my primaries are a thousand unless they've been sunset. And that's how the game works. Now the game views you as if slot leveling is a thing. I think that would be far better. So then when I hit max level, I shift to focusing on daily loot pursuits or loot pursuits in the seasonal activity or something in Vanguard strikes because there's something new that season or something like that's a far better system than, well, I'm not really done leveling. I mean, I am a thousand, but I don't have anything to infuse. So I got to go get infusion fodder. Like who, who wants to do that? I just, why do you want to run activities for infusion fodder? It's just stupid. PK 16. Do we think that we should see seasonal events happening in the other overworld similar to Fortnite? I don't have a strong opinion on that. Uh, DM Brazil. Hey, Lono, would you give already masterwork pieces of armor or guns after your first flawless or grandmaster to help mitigate the currency grind a little bit? This is a very specific solution to a broad problem in my video about uh, new armor pursuit. We touched on sunsetting, and we touched on the potential need to give people more resources for endgame currency. I ultimately concluded Bungie may need to look at it, but I also said, if you're an endgame-minded player, and you're consistently playing Trials and running Nightfalls, you'll end up being endgame currency rich. You know, if you're like, well, but I can only use the gear for 12 months or 10 months. I'm sorry, but if you're an endgame-minded player, I think it's fair for me to assume that after 10 months of play, you're going to have endgame currency to foot the bill of any new pieces that you might have to replace and then level up. I, I think people create phantom fear. They envision a hardcore player getting all your, getting all your armor, you get it all the way leveled up, and then you just stop grinding the end game, and then you have no currency 10 months later. That's not a player that exists. Most end game minded players that are worried about sunsetting, that are worried about replacing their, their maxed out gear, are running content. Like, they're running end game content, they have that currency. So. Mr. Thick says, how do you think pinnacle or ritual weapons will be affected by the weapon sunset? They're going to get sunset. Uh, 
because what's the point of having all these tedious quests uh, which result in an item which is underleveled in pinnacle activities you're literally describing sunsetting right you're describing sunsetting like they put in best in class weapons and then you grind for them and get them use them for roughly a year and then they get sunset and you grind for more we're doing that now anyway we just don't have best in class weapons we have weapons that are barely different than the ones we have now you grinded for weapons in season of dawn maybe you're using some of them maybe you're not and they're virtually the same as all the weapons that you already had so Lenzi. With the darkness only a planet away from Titan, do you think that we'll see a darkness next season or in the fall? Um, I, I don't know. I, if they're going to hold on, I think they're going to hold on to the pyramid shifts for something big, and I think the summer may be the lead up to it. They may start showing up in batches. We may interact with them in a small way, and then that would be something that would then happen later on. You know, it would be a, it would be a, it would be a long sort of a long con to lead to them I here's why I I don't think we're going to be like fighting them and done with them in the summer okay we've been waiting for the pyramid ships to show up for like a really really long time like literally since the end of vanilla I would think that they would want to use that for a significant expansion and not like a summer season the summer season can serve as the runway to it sure but I don't I don't think they're gonna be like yeah you, you fight them and beat them in three months you know, I think we'll they'll they'll show up in full power or close to full power in September, and that sets the traject the trajectory uh, for year four. Sun's almost out, chat. One player, Pete says, since Bungie's break from Activision, what areas of the game are you feeling the effects of Bungie going solo? Um, I would say the the less ban the lack of uh, vicarious visions is felt the most. Uh, they lost a development partner. And I think that that, I think we're feeling that the most. I think it's very, very clear that they can't create as much content as they used to. Lally Gator. Would you ever want to have more content to take place in the last city? Me personally, I would love to see it. I don't have a strong opinion on that. Foxtrot. Would you like to see another story arc get thrown in with the ships, such as Aldrin? I don't, I don't like going down these, I don't like going down these, these realms. No, the story wish, the story wishlist rabbit holes aren't interesting to me because I don't want to be like, yeah, I want him to do that because the light, again, the likelihood of us getting it right is just, it's just really, really slim. Here it comes. Uh, Wolfful Men- Mender, how do you feel about Bungie adding more supers and related abilities to each subclass or a whole new subclass? I don't think that's going to happen. Um, is that bigger, chat? It looks bigger to me. That's bigger than yesterday. It's it's a it's significantly out. It's significantly longer compared to the sun. It's way further out. Here, I'll try and put it in the corner. It's hard to see. It's 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 so hard to see because it's so bright. Did I lower my brightness again? Hang on, let me lower my brightness. Adjust brightness. You go all the way down. Oh, I think that's bigger, chat. My FOV is all the way down to fifty-five. I don't know. We we'll have to compare it to yesterday. We we'll have to compare it to yesterday. Let me get a let me get a screenshot. That's much bigger. I, I thought they were going to make it bigger every day at reset. Seems bigger to me. 
Let's consult. Uh, let's consult Twitter chat. Let's consult Twitter in the middle of Q and A. What do you think is the Almighty bigger? Twice the size, you'd say. Yeah, I think it looks larger and clearer. I think it's easier to see. That's what she said. Is it bigger, guys? Is it bigger? My wife just asked me if she wants me if I want her to check. I I think that's bigger, chat. It's getting bigger. It's uh It's growing. It's growing, chat. Pizza. Where'd the pizza come from? Oh, oh, oh. Pretty sure it's bigger, chat. Let me see, uh, let me see on Twitter if the image looks good on my, on my phone. Uh, what do you think, chat? Is it bigger? It's so hard to see. Yeah, I think it looks bigger. Thanks, mama. No, thank you. Paul Tassie's asking, I think it's the same, says Paul. It's hard to know. It's hard to know because, like, it's, uh, it's hard to know because I have the FOV. The FOV makes it seem, makes it seem bigger than it is. Like, watch, if I put my FOV back to 100, it doesn't look as big. I wonder if it's the FOV tricking our eyes. No, that's bigger. That's bigger than yesterday. The H, the centerpieces of the H. We need to find pictures from yesterday. Hang on, let me go to Ibontis. Let me go to Ibontis's picture because he had a great one. Let's go to his picture. I want to see the center of it. Oh, I don't know, Chad. I think it's the same. I think it's the same. Looking at Ibontis's picture, I think it's the same. This is going to be so annoying for the Q&A folks to listen to later. Like, what the frick are they talking about? I'm looking at Ibontis's picture for scale. Uh, yeah, it's the same, dude. It, comparing it to Ibontis's, somebody's going to have to do like a Photoshop and like put one over the other. Ibontis is with zoom though. No, 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 no. I'm looking at how much is in front of the, the sun and how much is outside the sun. I know the difference between a zoomed in picture and not homie. There's more. You got to look at the shape of the sun and how much is, is beyond the shape of the sun and how much is inside. It looks the same. It looks way lo- larger. I just looked at Ibontis's. If you go to Ibontis's Twitter and compare, they're, I feel like they're virtually the same. Hey, two people ordered glasses today. Thank you for doing that. We got to move on to the questions. Um, yeah, Paris's picture that he just sent me. It looks exactly like Ibontis's. 
Look at Glad's. I think Ibondas is a better picture. It's more zoomed in. Glad's was Glad's was zoomed out like a lot of them. It was clear, but Ibondas's was really, really zoomed in. Um. Yeah, I think it's the same size. Uh, Largo. Oh, as far as new supers and subclasses, I actually think it'd probably be better for them to do, uh, I'll try to keep it in the corner so it's more obvious. It's so hard to see. I actually think that it's better to invest in what's already there. I don't think they're going to do, I don't think they're going to do like new subclasses or something. Largo. Do you prefer quested raid exotics or random drops? I think a hybrid between these two would be better so people don't go literally like 85 runs without them. Lycan. With sunsetting being here, do you think Bungie will have a PvP issue in terms of balance? This is too big of a question. I've already talked about this. I don't think they're going to destroy balance in the Crucible just because of sunsetting. Like, sunsetting is their scapegoat or something. Like, yeah, we don't need to balance because of sunsetting. So, um... You can see it more clearly. You know, I do think it looks bigger than yesterday. Like, it's easier to see. I don't know. I, but when I compare it to Ibontis' photo from yesterday, it's identical. You, you have to think about the amount of clearance. Like, if my fist is the sun, and my see how my fingers are going, like, they're clearing, right? You have to look at that part. The amount that is clearing and past the sun is the same exact size I feel like it is easier to see maybe that's what they did today maybe it's not closer maybe it's just darker um with full FOV it looks way clearer maybe they added like maybe it's clearer maybe maybe tomorrow it'll get bigger and today it's just clearer so it's easier to see it did seem harder to see yesterday it seemed like it was like more faint wasn't his edited he edited the the contrast homie he didn't go in and photoshop cut out the the thing to make it bigger than the sun you have to look at it in comparison uh to the sun see thrally's post what did thrally say i don't i don't see what thrally said see thrally's post in chat where is it i don't see it hmm Yesterday's pixels measure, Almighty, was 80 pixels and Sun 40 pixels. Measuring your pick was Almighty 200 pixels and Sun 85. That would indicate potential very small increase in size. Sun Almighty factor yesterday, 2 to 1. Now it's like a 2, 3, 5 to 1. So you're saying it does seem like it's slightly larger. Okay. Okay. It does. I will not dispute this. It does seem easier to see. Right? It does seem easier to see. Uh, the same guy. I'm skeptical on next season. I'm worried about the content that will be released due to you, Bungie. Do you, uh, do you think that we will have much to do next season? Super generic. I'm not answering. Sorry. Do you think we'll have enough to do? How am I? I can't answer that. We saw the Felwinter's Helm in this season's trailer looking up at the sun. Likely a cinematic that we haven't seen. Do you think this is us with the helm, or is it actually Felwinter? Oh, it's us with the helm, because somebody analyzed the robes that he was wearing. It's a, it's a pair of robes that's like in the game right now. Dug your grave. That's funny. As leaders of the Guardians, would you like to see Zavala and Ikora have more involved role in the story? I don't have a strong opinion on this. 
galaxy as someone very invested in the lore little things like almighty in the skybox pulls me in uh in your opinion could the game be more enhanced with more in-game lore and cutscenes don't have a strong opinion on that what is one thing that you think Bungie did right this season I've already answered that since Bungie employees are working from home and some are possibly completely not because of the pandemic do you think Bungie will take it easier with the coming season again there's no way for me to know that what characters would you like to see a host in future seasons? I don't have an opinion on that. Do you think the current system of pinnacles is hard for solo or do to get to max power? I don't think the pinnacle grind is there for solo players. It just isn't. Um, pinnacle power doesn't really even feel necessary until you go into the hardest content. So, And those are non-match made environments. Grandmaster, Nightfall, Trials, Raids... So I, I don't think I don't think that's a, that's a that's a super concern within the structure of the game. Uh, X Felix Tech, do you feel the role of ships are underutilized? Do you feel they could take an expanded role? Nope, I don't think they need to invest anything in that. It has nothing to do with the core of the game, and that would feel like a way out of left field thing that we don't need to spend bandwidth on. Alphex, how do you make the grind rewarding? I feel the worst part of the season was how specifically you had to get Warmind bits. Everything should reward you with scaling for harder content gives more rewards. You answered your own question, uh, Sasanu. We've been going for almost four years now trying to make Zer matter. How can Bungie redesign Zer to make him more relevant? Zer's not there for you if you are a hardcore player. He's not there for you. He's there as like a backdrop for people that miss items and then he has like a what is he? He has like the uh, the faded engram. You blind? You don't see it? It's it's out of frame right now. It's barely visible. It's out of frame. Um, I, the, 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 you can't, I can't even see the traveler at this FOV. The traveler doesn't even fit in my screen at this FOV. Um, ah, there we go. There we go. It's it's really hard to see when it's that high up because it's super bright. Um. Zero. Would Bungie destroy the tower to promote us to the farm? Not answering. Light leap. I know Guardian Games was planned before the them going independent. Regardless, you think Bungie should try to incorporate events like that into the seasonal setting in the future to beef up content and story? I mean, here's the thing. Guardian Games, if done right, would have been a really cool event. So it's not that... It, understand what I'm saying when I say this having events like that is cool okay when you have a bad event in the mix it's like you know what i mean going to the movies is cool going and seeing a bad movie doesn't invalidate like how movies can be fun for something you know that you can go do with your friends this is just a bad event events like guardian games can be really cool it just it was a bad event so I, I like events like that I think they can be good I think they can be helpful to give us something to do and something to tune in for Dragoonski with the changes to Gambit weapon drop locations do you see Gambit possibly being destroyed or altered they're going to go down to one mode I would think and then I think they're going to replenish it with something I don't see why you would remove weapons if you weren't doing that um overlay with yesterday so here's Paris Paris just gave me an overlay uh, with yesterday and they're identical in size they are identical in size so he gave me an overlay that the Sun 
and the Almighty are the exact same in size. Now, what they might be doing is they might have made it clearer today. It might be darker or easier to see the outline to give the semblance of it looking closer, clearer, or bigger. And then maybe it gets bigger from this point on. Um, Yeah. I think it just got darker. Thank you for that overlay, Paris. Um, Going forward, which do you feel takes higher priority? Diverse endgame viable loot or quality replayable content? I, I, I think they're equal. They both have equal importance. Because, like... Quality replayable content's good for everybody. Really diverse endgame viable loot is good for like the upper echelons of the community. So, it's bigger today? No, we literally just looked at a Photoshop overlay. It's not bigger. It may be darker and easier to see. We just did an exact one-to-one overlay. It's the exact same size. Coach. With the end of the Felwinter's quest, should it change how we look at Rise of Iron? Also... If Rasputin was willing to unleash Siva on the world to punish his son for helping uh, the people, why would he help us with the Almighty? I have no idea. Maybe the Almighty is a threat to us and we're an asset that he needs, right? He may see us as a weapon that's strong and he needs us. Uh, Also, he's learned human emotion. He seems to have learned regret uh, and sadness and maybe even happiness. So, uh... Does it change how we look at Rise of Iron? I mean, a little bit, but people had already deduced from the lore that that happened. Um, yeah, he wasn't punishing for helping people, wasn't he? I thought he was punishing him because he didn't like... He, he felt like he... Uh, he didn't have control over him or something? Um... The bunker cutscene with Zavala made it clear why he wants to help. Yeah, I think I don't I don't I, th- I don't think it's a conflict. Speaking of perks like hot feet earlier, what do you feel about guns being like ones in Borderlands 3, a rocket launcher or a hand cannon or something like that? You got to be careful. It still needs to feel like destiny. Uh, do you think perks on weapons would be cool if they would change the look of the gun? Right now, scopes are the only thing that change. We talked about that earlier, how, like, what if Surrounded made the gun glow green? Like, a lot of perks need to make the gun. It needs to be clear that it's proccing. What will happen to the story mission if the Almighty, when it blows up? The same thing that happens to story missions where Cade's around. I mean, it's, you know what I'm saying? They leave those things alone, generally. Uh, do you think Bungie could use the Almighty as a patrol zone? We got this question already. I don't think so. Z-Speed. Since they're giving Garden and Last Wish a bigger lifespan, do you think that they are updating out, uh, out current stuff from those raids? I don't know. Shango. Instead of adding Singe effects, ground and other effects, use modifiers to do increased damage from specific weapon types. Kind of like Shield Disrupt Overload. This is 100% verbatim something I've said multiple times today. You maybe just got lucky. Um, you just weren't here. I've said that so many times about the modifiers um, to promote different loadouts as opposed to just being a source of pain. Do you believe that adept weapons could be their own rarity above legendary? I don't think that's a good idea. You put adept in the title, make their appearance slightly different, but they don't need to be like a new color or something. Uh, Zivic. What are your thoughts on the current tone of the game? What would you personally like to see shift in a certain direction? I don't have a comment on that. How are your thoughts on the fact that the whole season was focused on the Almighty, yet Bungie gave Guardian games, and this huge ship headed towards us is anticlimactic? That's your opinion on a question. Tone bone. Is the Almighty shown that in the map along with the Dorito ship? I haven't been able to find it. No, it's not on the map. Just the, just the Dorito ships are. 
Glurak. Do you think Trials Edition this season caused the content load to be lighter? I don't think so because they're separate teams. I just think this season is always light. I just think they allocate less bandwidth to this season because less people play. How can Bungie make old raids relevant? Uh, what needs to be done? Age of Triumph will probably do the trick, you know, sometime soon when they do it. Do you think Bungie could expand more on weapon types in the fall expansion, such as adding more trace rifles? Uh, I've always wanted them to add more legendary trace rifles. I would really, really like that. We'll have to wait and see if they do it. Would adding more mods to exotic primary weapons enhance PvE use? That seems kind of obvious. I think so. I think one of the biggest downfalls right now in exotics is they can't even use champion mods. I think that's a needed quality of life update. Um, stop calling it Doritos. It's annoying. It takes away from the mystic and the mystery of the ships. Uh, making fun of everything in the game makes something everything less cool. What are you talking about? They're Dorito ships. Dorito chips. Dorito ships. And I think, like, if you look at the t- if you look at the Traveler, it kind of looks like a, di- a giant cheese ball. So, like, the Dorito chips are going to come and dip themselves in the di- giant cheese ball, and then they'll it'll probably like break apart into crumbs all over all over the place. You know, it'll be like a giant like that'll be the name of the September season. Destiny 2, you know, Snackavelli or something. I don't know. It could be something like that. <laughs> You're asking for it when you take something that serious on the internet, homie. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> don't call it Iron Banana. It's, it, it takes away the serious tone of what we're doing when we kill guardians in the crucible and they keep coming back to life. Okay. Whatever you say. Dorito chip. Brotato chip. Uh, next question. Justin the Woodsman. Are future seasonal activities going to become permanent? Uh, no, they said they're going to last a year. So they're not going to they're not going to drop off every season but they'll last a year. Critterbot. Do you think Callus Stealing the battlefields from the seasonal activity for the menagerie would have been a cool way to keep the content around longer or would have been a bad approach. I don't have opinion on stuff like that. You guys have asked a lot of specific, what if they would have done this with the story stuff? And I just don't have strong opinions on that. What would you think of infinite dungeon with meaningful loot? I think for a long time now, people have wanted like an infinite, um, an infinite, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a perfect copy pasta chat. Uh, I think for a long time people have wanted like an infinite idea, like an infinite run thing. Um, I I can get behind that, but I also think that it needs to be, it needs to fit within the parameters of what we're typically doing in the game. Um, you know, how how high can the reward threshold go? We ran it all day, right? We ran it all day. And how many guns should you get from that? How many armor pieces should you get from that? <laughs> I'm laughing at chat. You know, <laughs> how many? How long should you conceivably be able to stay in there? I I don't know if an infinite activity works in Destiny. I think eventually it just gets to a point where you're like, yeah, there needs to be like an end instead of, you know, it's eternal. Because, like, what if, what if conceivably with a really good team, you could literally be in an activity for five hours? How many rewards do I get at the end of that? You know? 
85 things drop on the ground you know what I'm saying like I just I wonder I wonder if the, the, the idea of having like an infinite run thing it could be something that it feels that way but there's still an end there's still an end right so that's plenty of questions we went a little bit long today on Q&A I think that's probably a, more than a two hour session so we're gonna uh, we're gonna keep talking if you had a question or a comment that didn't get didn't get touched on or or delved into I'm just gonna have to start skipping questions that I don't have good answers to it's not against the question person you know the person answering the, asking the question it's more on me that like I don't have strong opinions about some of the stuff that you guys are drilling down into so stick around we'll keep on talking if you haven't clicked follow yet make sure and click follow on my Twitch channel. If you like these, I do these every day, Monday through Friday. It's like an interactive podcast. It's family friendly. It's great to lurk to, especially if you're stuck at home right now. So keep on coming back and enjoying the show by following the stream and turning on notifications. And don't go anywhere live audience. If you're listening elsewhere, you can always catch me live at say no to rage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.